0: Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts Eric Burke and
1: Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. As we are just a, a week uh, week away from Tinley Park, I guess right a week
2: yeah. a week and a, uh, two days from when we will be leaving because we're leaving Thursday yes. morning. Yeah. Yes. So So it's
1: pretty exciting over here, dude. I got those lights. (laughs) You got the lights. All right. Well, that's (laughs) good. So
2: once again, your section of our table will be lit up and looking immaculate while I look like dog shit.
1: (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. Come on. You can borrow my old lights. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm
2: not really sure how to take that. Mm. mm.
1: Nah, nah. Um, Let's see. Uh, whew, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. But tonight, we're going to have uh, Dennis McNamara. He's going to hang out with us tonight. We're talking olives. That's, that's something that me and you are uh, particularly fond of. We both Mac have Lotz. those. Yes, maclots. We both have uh, those. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't have the last one, but it's a species that I was always after. I have one uh, of my colon pythons. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
2: No one cares about that. No yeah. one cares about bumpy ball pythons. Although I will admit, you threw that up there, that picture today of your Angolan. And, like, people were coming out of the woodwork of, like, God, I need these. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess there is a drawing or uh, the following for those guys.
1: They're such a cool th- – I remember when I, I – I've talked about this before, I think. But I remember when I first went to – I guess it was the – yeah, it was the NARBC show. It was, like, right when I started getting back into um, – into reptiles but it came yeah. to philadelphia which yeah. was like holy shit you know that, so i was in the hell, that was in the
2: valley forge convention Center, yes. yeah that isn't yeah. that parts now or yes
1: it's it, a casino yeah, it's now a casino.
2: Or something. yeah yeah yeah
1: so i remember going there and i remember seeing them on the table and they were like some like astronomical crazy oh, ho- they were horrible yeah. <laughs> they were like 10 grand or something yeah. shit like that and i was like Oh my God, these are the coolest snake. And I didn't know if they were, it was like, it was like a ball python, but cooler. You know what I mean? It was like yeah, this the, mix.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is when I first saw them, I honestly got to mistook them for another ball python morph. I, I it was one of those things you <laughs> skip right over. And, um, it was one so of those... not like a ball python. Though. I know, but, but yeah, like, ahead. if you're, if you're me, yeah. you had a reptile show in college I'm going from table to table and going, Morelia? No. Alright, bye. And I like ran <laughs> away. So like, you know, that's I didn't actually have a full blown interaction with them, honest to God, until ICAS, when Ben brought his.
1: Okay. So Yeah, and what, I remember that. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And then he didn't he have them at Hamburg and that's where yeah, I ended up picking up picking up my girl. Yeah, he my was selling came-
2: them on selling them on my table. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, yeah, that was that happened.
1: <laughs> so such- such a cool pattern man they're so oh man they're just so cool but anyway um so we're gonna be talking about that tonight um and uh i don't know what's going on with you man how you been what's Uh, (laughs) i'm okay um (laughs) uh,
2: what dude it's like full-blown freaking tinley park prep over here it's ridiculous i have emptied the old show bucket and cleaned everything prepped everything and packed the new show bucket and I even included a lint roller just for you. Nice!
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you got yes, mad.
2: You got you got <laughs> mad at me last year, so now I have that. So yeah, you had this you dog know.
1: hair shed all over the place. I'm it's like not on, my man. fault. The zero
2: <laughs> is like eighteen different colors and sheds like a son of a bitch. right? there's not a uh, thing in my house that is not covered in dog hair. Okay, uh, you know, God, but uh, um. I got that going this weekend. I have to go pick up a few more supplies. Like, uh, Andrew got a bunch of lizards in um, adult ones. So, he has those, like, huge shipping boxes. They're, like, giant styrofoam, like, shipping boxes. Like, the really long ones that, like, I'm pretty sure I could probably put your dogs in and they would live happily. (laughs) You know, those kind of boxes. I have to go pick those up because I'm going to use them to transport the animals. Um, I got to go get... Uh, a larger vehicle because even if you guys pick me up like on at the turnpike like in route i still have to get all my shit down to the office which means either two trips in the fiesta or i have to go get a bigger car so i got to do that um i'm cleaning all the displays this weekend i'm figuring out finally who's coming what's going on i got to pack everything i got to get all my prices right and at the same time i'm still trying to figure out who the hell's breeding with who this year with a lot of shit <laughs> but you know uh so it's full freaking tinley park swing here and it's uh i'm looking forward to it but i'm also like one of those like god it, i i know i know i'm going to be so tired when it's over <laughs> so it's like <laughs> i'm looking forward yeah, to know, it I'm not like,
1: looking forward to the return yeah these <clears throat> these things are like uh it's always like you know, you're so excited to go, so excited to go, but like, and it's a vacation, but at the mm. same time, you're just exhausted when you're done, you know? Oh, I mean? yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah, so, yeah, that's cool. Speaking of Tinley Park, we have hit our goal, Owen. I am very proud. It only it took, took six us six years,
0: years <laughs> to do it. <laughs>
1: But we will have calendars. They arrived at my house today. The people that have bought them already, they will be shipping out tomorrow to you. So you will probably have them uh, in a, you know, by the end of the week, I would imagine. Um, for everybody else, um, uh, everybody else, we definitely are going to have them at Tinley Park. So if you're floating around and you want a Moraleo Python Radio calendar, there's some awesome, awesome shots this year. Uh, for the winners, uh, uh, there's going to be some people that are at Tinley Park, Tinley Park. Tinley Park, I'll be dropping them off uh, to you guys there. For everybody else, I'll be contacting you in the next couple of days so I can get them out. Um, if you're interested in wanting to buy one and you want us to ship it out, it's $15 to sh- ship. In the U.S., if it's outside of the U.S., it's 20 shipped. That seems to be about the average, uh, yeah. you know, um, you can PayPal us Burke, Philla, B-U-R-K-E Philla, Phila B U R K E Phila P H I L A at gmail dot com. Go to any of our Facebook groups or pages or whatever, and you can you can definitely see uh, the info there. Uh, what you got to do. If you have a question, you're not sure, whatever, just shoot me a PM, and uh, we'll make it happen.
2: Um, yeah, you can so. either order it now and have it shipped to you. You can order it now and pick it up at Tinley, or you can hope that we'll actually – they'll last at Tinley because we are bringing uh, – we're bringing a, a good amount, but, you know, there's – Well, the first – the first
1: yeah, the first run first I got friend. 100. Yeah. I got 100 of them, but 20 of them are pretty much for the winners at what I call the NPR inner circle. Um, right. And then – if- uh, there's what I think maybe people have already ordered them and have sold so far, maybe yeah. 12. So, like you know,
2: don't don't automatically assume that we'll have them. If you really, really want these things, uh, it would behoove you to just pre order it and pick it up at Tinley because we'll definitely have that. So, yes, yes. Yeah. So,
1: I'm, I'm pretty excited that that, that that happened. So,
2: yes, yes, we finally, we finally figured that out.
1: Yes right uh,
2: Now 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 what's next on the list? Would that be uh carpet fest is pretty nailed down. Um and we figured out the calendars. What else is on our agenda to finally take 4 years to figure mm, out? So, Herpet trip.
1: That's the next one. Yeah, is. That'll take us another 4 years. All right, good. Yeah. good So we herp have something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always something to do. So um uh, also I have to give a shout out a couple shout outs. One I have to quick give a shout-out. Again, I'm going to go back to um, the whole calendar thing. Got to give a shout-out to Casey, Casey Cannon. Thanks for hooking it up. Uh, he did a good job. Everything is awesome. You know, they arrived in time. So I guess if you need anything that's, like, uh, calendar-like, posters, I don't know what he does in his job as far as, like, what swag he can put together.
3: Mm-hmm. But hit him
1: up, man. He, they did a good job. Um awesome. Green Tree Python book is out. That I didn't even know that was coming out. It was like one day I woke up and there's a Green Tree Python book for sale, by uh, Justin what, Julander what, and Was it like Christmas
2: Trump. for you? Like were you like jumping around your house? Did Dory have to tell you to calm down?
1: Yes, dude. Okay. First of all, this <laughs> is probably so far. I've been through like a quarter of it, and I gotta tell you, right. man, they did an awesome job because a lot of the book is based off of, like all the different papers and stuff. And it's That's just awesome. all that information compiled into a, a book. Um, it's it's pretty freaking sweet. But here's the cool thing. I'm going to have Justin sent me a few copies. Oh, no. Um, to sell at Tinley Park. So oh, shit. it's going to be at Tinley Park. Uh, I got some signed copies. Um, one of them is not signed because I did a flip-flop. But (laughs) the other ones are (laughs) with Justin's permission. Uh, I did have Justin's permission. But uh, oh,
2: Oh, God! All right, well. (laughs) So so we got
1: that. So far, everything I've read in the book. You know, Justin and Terry are great guys. uh, Both been on the show before, and actually, he is going to be on the show on Halloween to talk about the book. Wait, we're gonna have a
2: show on Halloween?
1: Yes. Why? Do you trick or treat? Come on, dude. You don't trick-or-treat, do you? No, but people
2: come to the house and ring. I have a doorbell. It's like that's – Well, that's what Jim's for. (laughs) Oh, you really want Jim to be the one who presents – All right, this is going to suck.
1: All right, well, yes. And what I want you to do is I want you to put a GoPro. I will lend you my GoPro, and you can put it up in the corner. And I yeah. want to watch it live as we're doing the show. He's just gonna um. well, what's gonna happen is there are gonna be barely any children who
2: get candy and Jim's gonna die of diabetic shock from eating all the candy. <laughs> so you know,
1: may it be on your head. Yes. <sighs> well, uh, all right then. <laughs> so that's uh Halloween um and what else? What else? Oh, I gotta give a shout out to uh to I got I got actually I got two packages in the mail today. No um, way! First one came from Nick, Nick Hebley from uh, Reptilinks. Yes. He has some awesome IJs, man. F2, I know this, you don't care, blah, blah, blah. I've already Uh, (laughs) spaced out. uh, (laughs) 2017 F2. Oh, my God, this thing is smoking hot. So if you're looking for some IJs, hit them up, man, before we're all gone. They're pretty freaking sweet. Um, And I know uh, there's some IJ fans out there. I think it pretty much completes my IJ collection. All right, so we'll think... get that.
2: We'll we'll get to that in a second. But F two, so you're talking like these are second gen from
1: wild caught. Yes.
2: Ooh. See, now I'm back in intrigued.
1: So. So right I have then. now. I have about. I think I have about fifteen, F one F 2s and captive hatched, IJs. Uh, to sort of start my own lines and bloodlines and all that kind of stuff. So Okay. Pretty cool. Pretty excited about that. I also got a package from Mr. Ryan Young. Um,
2: yes.
1: I, you know how like when you get a snake and you for, <laughs> kind of forget about it because the shipping window doesn't work out or it's not feeding all, right or whatever? All
2: the time, yes.
1: So I paid for I I bought the snake a while you ago. We had that conversation
2: because apparently I have civvies. Like you know that we had that conversation last week. It's like oh, oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, it came today. <laughs> yeah. So and along with the uh, the water python, uh, Queensland water python, um, yes. is uh, came a pair of Macklot's pythons. <laughs> um, so there you go. So when uh, am I getting these? so you know no, you, you know you are not getting these my friend <laughs> that's what you said about the last pair nah, but anyway. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah no i i i will go on record that these will stay here uh until they die but um <laughs> <laughs> which hopefully isn't soon but you know that's yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully <laughs> uh so that was pretty cool goddamn big thanks to ryan and uh the last shout out i'm gonna give speaking of ryan um what, I don't know if you caught the latest episode of GTP Keeper Radio, but holy smack, man. What a uh, – holy smack. Why the hell did I say holy smack? I don't smack? know why you did that. I was just going to let it go. I, I was, I was going to give you a break, uh, but
2: apparently that's not a lot. Fly, dude. You
1: fun, know. dude. See, I am so programmed hey, did, for you I was just going to you know, gonna let it go. Not when you don't. Just I, gonna I let go. my own balls.
2: <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that's, uh, apparently we have to keep going. If, so, all right. I'm sorry. I missed
1: that one.
0: Yeah, Continue. what the heck? Yeah. I,
1: You need to take away your your monocor, uh up here of uh, the greatest co-host ever. Needs to go. Never, <laughs> never, never. Uh, it is never coming down.
0: So, uh
1: um, you find new
2: fabulous ways to sign that I'm in the chat room for the next like three months. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh shit! Now I forgot what I was saying. God damn it. <laughs> Um, Oh, GTP Keeper Radio. Uh, You had um, uh, Bill, you know, and Mm -hmm. Buddy, uh, I think he had to go save some lives or something like that. So he was busy saving saving lives. And they had to get a co-host. So who did they get as a co-host? Ryan Young. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty tight.
2: That's a good co-host, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And then the guest was Harlan Wall.
4: Oh, uh, little oh. wall.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty good episode. So, if you didn't yeah. get a chance to see it, go check it, hear it, go check you can't it out. See it? You can't see it. Yeah. It's a podcast.
2: No We Royals. would not have lasted this long if people could see us. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Thank you. Um.
1: So yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Anything else going on? Anything else we got to hit on that we're forgetting? Uh,
2: I don't think so. I will say that. Um. Uh, that I did get an email from Dave means and Chris Foley in uh, Arlington, Virginia, that apparently that has been shut down and that all the pending regulations when it came to exotic pets have been dismissed. So yeah, they wow. had success over there. So that was a good job for those guys. And uh, they're going to continue to monitor some stuff. Cause there's some, I think lingering stuff that they're going to want to talk about, but uh, pretty sure that that's a done deal, and they're good to go now. So congrats to those guys. I know that was a, a hard-fought kind of a thing, and they were uh, volunteering their own time to go down there. And neither not, not one of them actually, I think, lives in Arlington, Virginia, so they kept having to drive over and stuff like that. So uh, the fact that that's so, over with, <clears throat> I think, is a. I think they're going to be happy about that. So. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. So they got to win. Yes. That's good. Yes. Very right. good. Good to hear. Um yeah, so I guess we will just uh bring Dennis on and we'll bring start uh we'll start going. Uh let's see. I have to remember which, which remember he is. what button Den- it is. No, yeah, I got it. Dennis okay. sent us some pictures and stuff, so as we chat I'm gonna flip them uh over into uh
2: into the group. In the chat room, right.
1: Yep. Hey, Dennis. Welcome to uh, the show. Glad to have you back. How you doing?
2: I'm
4: very well. How are you?
1: Doing great, uh, man. Doing
2: great. He's, t- he's talking with me, so he's not that fantastic, but he, you're here now and you can save him. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good. good. Glad I can <laughs> yeah, help. <that's>,
1: yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Everything's good now.
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. What do you want to hit first? How do you want to do What do you want to get yeah, into? Yeah, pick your you poison. Wanna, you wanna, which is your, let's start with this. Which is your favorite of those species that we're going to talk
4: about tonight? Yep. Yeah, pick one. So, I would say the most exciting thing for me was probably the olive pythons. I think that's might be my most exciting clutch to date. Just okay. cuz okay. I feel like it took me it took me so long to do. And uh <clears throat> Yeah, that was that's probably my most exciting thing. So, I would say we could talk about that.
2: Yeah, let's go let's, for it. Good cuz I could take notes cuz I keep failing. So, you know, that would be <laughs> nice to do that, yeah. Again. All right. All right well, my
4: I bought the, I bought them eight years ago. And okay. I've been trying to breed them ever since, and they've sold me a couple times. And I thought I did it a couple times, and female would lay upside down. She'd do all kinds of things, and then she'd go back to normal.
0: That's not fair. So
4: when <laughs> so this year it happened a little bit differently. I'd say, you know, I tried to feed them a little bit differently and did a, a few things. I don't know. Do you want me to break it down as to just. Uh, yeah, well... That's yeah, yeah. kind first, of what I did, so... Yeah, first so, of all, where'd yeah. you
2: get the pair? Um, where'd you buy them from?
4: Oh, boy. Um, you know, I got the... The male came from Outback. Okay. As as one they had, so... And the female was a... Um, crap, I'm going to go blank on his name. The pole vaulter. Um, Jeff Hartwig? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah. He pole Yeah, bolts? so the female came from Jeff Hartwig, <laughs> and I... I bought them and raised them up. I bought them as yearlings about eight years ago Okay. and um, just fed them, grew them up and then just kept on trying. And then a couple of years ago, I started doing a little bit more cycle feeding and I'd say I probably changed how I did everything with almost all my species in the last couple of years. And for them, I would like talking to Tom Keoghan, he kept on showing, I kept on sending him pictures and he would say, Uh, They're a little bit fat. You need to slow them down. You need to do this. You need to do that. So, I basically just took them, fed them like one meal every three to four weeks, all throughout the year, and then and feed them a decent sized meal. And then from, like right about now, like late late August till December, I just fed the crap out of them. So, I feed them like every two week, every one to two weeks, like a large rat or maybe two large rats, um, or they probably I don't know. Depends on who you buy them from. I'd say they were, they were jumbo rats. They were big. and uh, Okay. Just did that and then just started introducing, and I think I started introducing them probably in, like, late December and then would just keep on feeding. And then um, I think I got one that I – I don't know. Actually, I'm back here. I could look and see. So I – I think around January 19th, I could see that like she was starting to build some. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice that I write stuff down because now I can actually tell you dates because I'm standing here in my room. So, uh, (laughs) so, so January 19th, she started looking kind of funny and she was, she was a little bit lumpy. So I felt her and you could palpate that she was, that follicles were growing. So I, uh, threw the mail back in there a couple more times and then left them together. And then, about February 13th, I saw that she was like definitely in building and just kind of looking like she was starting to try to heat up a lot. And I actually saw some weird behavior with them too. So I use like they're in six foot vision cages and I've got those little Zilla uh, halogen lights on top of them. So I'm okay. Like I do t- right. like my temperatures probably are all the same. They I'd say like I try to have it like around 80 during the day. And in, in the summer, it gets up like to about 85, 86 in here, but then. I'd probably get down like in the low seventies at night, but I was doing 10, 12 hours of heat on there and the female would actually just bask as much as she could. So I kept on moving her hide. I had those big Neodesha hide boxes in there and she would move it underneath the heat lamp. And so I'd take it and I'd move it back and it happened like six times where she just kept on moving it back over to heat lamp and she would sit up there and she would bask like two inches from that heater. And, um, and she just kept on doing that. And so I was like, well, something's different here. This is definitely different than anything that I've seen before where she was tricking me. And then about March 10th, she was laying inverted in there and I was like, here we go. (laughs) And then, uh, what did I, then what I have to say, she shed on March 23rd and then April 27th, I got eggs. Wow. So, um, but the, the big thing for me was I just, I would say I provided, a good hot spot that she definitely was wanting to go to. And mm-hmm. I've never seen another snake move anything like that, but I swear that thing was moving the hide box over there to bask on it. But um and then I just made sure that I had good meals and I always find that like getting a good meal in with them right after they I don't feed them a lot like once they're breeding, but if you see good breeding getting like a really good meal in there seems to trigger ovulation or trigger breeding for me. So but so uh, I don't know what did I have. So April twenty seventh, I got eggs. I had eleven eggs and one slug is what she laid. Okay.
2: So now and uh, how how big are your animals?
4: I would say they're probably like nine feet, maybe something like that.
2: Nine feet. Not okay. Humongous. So about how how thick around? Like um, as you said, you're on the like, like jumbo rats or large rats.
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'd say, like, for me, I can't, I'd say, like, if I take both of my hands and put them around, I could probably touch both, I could go, like, all the She's not as, they're nowhere near as big as some of the ones that I've seen.
2: Like berms or
4: reticks, any any of the ones eating,
2: like, rabbits or anything like that, right?
4: Well, and some of the others, I've seen people with olives that are just huge, and, like, my olives just aren't huge, so I don't know if it's just the way I've fed them or what it is about them, but, yeah, I'd say, like, hard to take both of my hands and kind of touch fingers and thumbs that's about how big around the female is i think erica there's a picture in there somewhere of her like building that i sent eric somewhere so it's Yep, right i'm gonna you can see i'm I mean. trying to pull it up now yep okay i sent you like four i sent you like 45 pictures i was like i didn't realize it was that many but I sent,
1: <laughs> yeah no worries man
4: that's, so i as you could tell from those photos i was a little bit excited i took a picture of like every other day of what the heck was happening like so, so i could track it a little bit but um yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't say they're they're not huge. Like I talked to somebody that's telling me they have like thirteen, fourteen foot animals. Mine are definitely Jeez. nothing like that. <laughs> no, no. My, I mean, like my male lives in one of those Vision boa tubs. Right. So I mean, he's okay, been, and I'd say he looks decent in there. I mean, he's and and luckily he's been with this female for probably four or five years, going in with her, and I've had them together for months at a time, and I've never. I should knock on something. I've never had them try to eat each other, or or even do anything. I've even fed them in there together. Yeah, that that, that was kind of my next
2: question: is did you like feed them before you put them in with each other? Because I do that with my Cal Kings, and I'm nervous about them eating each other. So,
4: I would say no. I I just did whatever was normal. Like for me, I kind of wait and watch until I see somebody start to cruise, and then once I see them starting to cruise, then I'll start to put them together. And right. so, like, I feel like I feel like whenever you start to see that, that's when you definitely know something's happening. Um, but I haven't, like, you can, like, I would say my female, she is definitely one. When you pull her out, she'll try to eat you every second or third time. Like, she definitely is hungry all the time. But once you have her out, she's cool. The male I have, he'll, you could handle him all day long. He doesn't care. Right. So that was, that's actually a mistake that I made, too, because they were about the same size for a long time. And one mm-hmm. year, two years ago, this is where I really screwed up. I had taken them and I had them together and then I separated them and started. And I was like, hey, I'm going to pound this female. And then like two months later, I went and checked and I had actually put the wrong one in the wrong box. And so like, yeah, I was that, feeding I, the crap out of my mail. <laughs> so I was yeah, feeding the that, crap out of my mail and not feeding my female. I honestly
2: I don't know which one is which right now because I had them paired up last year and I separated them and I'm like, crap. So I
4: need to, <laughs> yeah, that, before breeding season starts, <laughs> I need to figure out who's who. So, yeah, yeah. I do the tail touch method. I don't know if you Hans winner showed me that years ago where you grab them by the, the vent and kind of pull down towards the tip of their tail. And you can feel hemipenes that way. And oh, it's no a super kidding. easy way to kind of. Yeah. I, well, I bought some boas from him years ago and I told him I was like, I feel like I should pay you for this information. But that, that, I'll I show might you how,
2: try that. The I'll show you how to do, do, do a
4: super easy way to Please do, do, it. do. Yeah,
2: yeah, bring an cool. adult olive and we'll, you know, we'll poke it. So, you know, <laughs>
0: okay.
2: um, but the other thing I was thinking about doing is I have a smaller male, and if I just put him in a tub with like air holes drilled in it and put it in the cage, whichever one tries to aggressively kill him is probably the boy. So, <laughs> maybe,
4: you know, maybe that was the other option. <laughs> and I only have one pair, I don't have any extra. Well, I have, I have more now, but, um, I never an did answer. two males. Oh. Okay. So I never uh I never tried two boys or anything like that with them. I was determined to I don't know, I feel like it's against my religion to have two males and one female. It seems so weird I should <laughs> have two pair if that's the case or something like that. <laughs> so All right. um so I so I didn't just, just watch them and fed them and I haven't and I've actually over the years I've had a lot of breeding, just this is the only time it ever really took. So I'm going to say it's probably due to the feeding and the basking, because the basking was definitely different this time than everything else. Okay. So. Which I'm I cl- switching up cages, and, and I'm not sure how I would do that if I switched up cages, but.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just moved my guys into six-foot cages with uh, radiant heat panels, and they do After like that, the warm probably- side.
4: Yeah, they don't like it all the time, though, I'd say. So that was the difference. Is like, like, right now, my female's in the middle of the cage cruising around, actually watching me walk back and forth in here. But um, I would say, like, they definitely don't like it all the time. That was the – you could definitely see differences in what they want to do and when they want to go get on the cool side and all that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: I, I did also give mine a very large um, water bin. And uh, every once in a while, you come in, and they're just sitting in the water. So – they do enjoy that as well. So do my, uh, white lips. So I try to make sure that those guys have the larger water bowls than everybody else. So,
4: yeah, I actually had two in there, which I don't, I don't know what that was all about, but I, I had a crock no. in there and then I had a cat litter pan in there. And so that was no, the cat litter right. pans. Yeah. And so I, I had one of each at the same time. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I was doing. I just was providing lots of options. <laughs> <It> seemed <laughs> to <all> work out. <laughs>
2: There's so many things you could do in this cage. It's
4: like, there yeah. you go. What is all have? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot so of rooms. room. So much activities. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them, yeah have a, they have the water fountain and the spa. They could do whatever they need to do. Yeah,
2: just yeah.
4: just
1: here. Now, please make babies. See so, ya. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so, I'm curious. Um, when you raise the... So, this is always the thing I think that we should hit on as we go through. Um, did you... Change anything as from, you know, when they were, uh, when you got them and they were, uh, you know, a yearlings or whatever uh, into adulthood? Like, did you change how they ate or did you always follow that same
4: regimen? Um, no, I'd say I, ch- I changed that regimen. Uh, two years ago, I went to Vin Russo's while we were, my wife and I did our third honeymoon of sorts after we got married and went to New York and then we ended up going to Vin Russo okay <clears throat> uh collection and so talked to him a lot about how he fed and looked at his feed cards and it made like he was just like i feed this much and it costs me way less and you know it makes more sense and i see better growth and so i was like you know what i'm gonna try it and i'd say i really like it and i mean it's just seasonal feeding so it's the stuff that before that i just i would feed heavy but i would feed before I did it, kind of, but I didn't do it the same way. I used to do, like, a really heavy feeding in the spring and a really heavy feeding in the fall. And then right. I would kind of sporadically feed. And I would sporadically feed through the summer and winter. Like, but I just did it more than I do now. Whereas now I probably, I might even feed almost the same amount, but I just feed it heavier in that fall section. So it's, it's like, almost all in that time right before. Right. Okay, like he had boas that he fed like ten meals a year, and they bred every year. It was kind of crazy. I was just like, he's like, yeah, just do it at the right time. He's like, ten meals and and then they breed, and you know, I was like, well, that sounds fantastic. You it's, know? it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, I, so, I,
1: I, I kind of do the same thing with carpets now. It's kind of similar. Um, yeah, I actually
4: I do it with got it from now, him. Honestly. Same
1: thing. Yeah. Do you everything?
4: Yeah, I, I do. Okay. I do it with everything. I do it with my ball pythons. I do it with. I do it with Antaresia. I do it with carpet pythons. I do it with – I'm trying to do it with green tree pythons because I can't make those to save my life. I've made – I've had three clutches, and I've made three stillborn babies so far out of my – so I'm going to make green tree pythons one of these days. But <laughs>
2: So far, you're doing yeah, better I've, than I am. So there you go. Um, yeah,
4: so yeah. So that I, try, I do it with everything. If, I don't do it with the babies, like the babies that feed regularly. So okay. the babies that feed all the time, and then once they hit, like – I don't know. I'd say once they're almost ready to breed, then I switch them.
1: Okay. Just because I All hate right.
4: having I hate having little stuff. Like to me, I feel like the smaller it is, like I'm like for babies, I'll feed them like every four or five days just to get them out of that baby stage. And get them God, bigger so they're like, not as fragile. Well, yeah, and then it's like if they do go off food, it's not like they're going to wither away. I can actually breathe easy whenever they have a little bit of weight on them. Right. And then once they're and once they have some size, then I'm like I don't care, <laughs> you know. And then I, and I, I'm also. I also will push the crap out of them, like, uh, not as far as, like, but I'll feed them meals that are, like, oh, is this good or not? And, <laughs> like, uh, and I'll do stuff, and then every once in a while I'll check and be, like, wow, is that a good idea? And they always take it, and then uh, I've done it with with a lot of stuff, and you'd be surprised what they could take down, especially if they, and I mean, I have basking areas for everything, but mm-hmm. I, I usually will push the envelope on what they can eat. And I'd say I, you can, it's kind of weird because you can do that, and you can see them grow, like, in the week. So That you know. is true that's one of the things that kind of intrigues me. So I do that. Awesome.
1: So, so, um, as far as, uh, it puts the <coughs> pairs together, um, how long did you leave them in? Um, you know, was there rotation? If there was a rotation, how did how did that work out?
4: So what I do m- mainly, and I'll say, this is kind of across the board for me. So, okay. When I start seeing, when I start putting them together, if I put them together and they don't pay any attention to each other and they don't do that for, like, a day, right. then I pull them apart, and then I'll wait, and then I'll look, and then I'll see, and then I'll put them back together. Um, and if they're not paying attention to each other, I don't leave them together. And then once I once I start putting them together and they start locking, then I'll just leave them together. And sometimes, right. as long as they're paying attention to each other, I'll leave them together for, like, four months. You know, if, if that's the case, if they're, like, kind of hanging out in the ball and they're Doing their whole thing, I, I think I had that mail in there till probably like, almost in the middle, like the beginning of April, you know. So he was probably in there from like January till April living with her. Okay. So. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. As long as they pay attention to each other. If they don't, then I pull them.
1: So. And how long do you uh, would put them back?
4: So like it would, well, it also depends on what's going on in life. So as long as I'm in my snake room doing what I'm supposed to be doing at night or whatever it is, then I would say usually like my goal is every three days. I would say that isn't always the case. I would say some, some stuff I'll do like a week a month. Like I'll just like, if I'm, if I know things are going to, I'm going away or if I'm doing whatever else, I might be like, I'm going to throw them in there and go away for the weekend or I know it's going to be a hectic thing. I'll do that and then come back. The only thing that sucks is then you're not really paying attention. You don't know what happens, but you can kind of tell by behavior when you come back where people are, where they're sitting or what they're doing. But um, my goal is every three days. So my goal is three days on, three days off if they're, if they're not breathing, trying to do something like that. Or, but a lot of times I'll come in and be like, you're not doing anything. I'm going to pull you. Cause then I figure if they're not doing anything, I probably need to get some more food in them. Cause I definitely would say I didn't used to be that way. I used to be like, I'm going to keep everything like lean, but I would say looking back on life in general, like girls that have good weight are girls that breed, you know, whenever I have stuff that's a little bit on the leaner side, I have more limited success. So like they don't Mm -hmm. need to be like, you don't want them to be fat overall, but they've got to be like healthy.
1: Right. Was there a specific weight that Tom was telling you to shoot for when he was, I mean,
4: what was it that they they looked fat? fat.
1: (laughs) 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 No.
4: He didn't give me me much, and I was like, they're not even that big. I don't know, the way he talks about his, I thought I was like, they're nowhere near as big as yours are, but. Right. um, And I don't even know, and honestly, like, I don't know that she looks any different than what she did when I sent him the pictures. I think it was just one of those things that, like, it was just the right time. So right. I, you know, I always go back to that whole, I had a conversation with, I think I told you this last time I was on here, had a conversation with Dave Barker years ago where I had bred Womas and had Womas a couple times. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm all getting slugs. I was like, they bred so well, like they're, and he's like, well, when they were younger, they could be fat. He's like, now they're older. They can't be fat. He's like, so you <laughs> need to like a- adjust how they are. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, so when they were, when they were four, they could be round, but now they're eight. They can't be round anymore. He's like, so you need to adjust your your feeding to what they are. And so that was that was the year he told me to feed my woma twice and then try to breed it, and it actually worked. So that kind of goes against whatever I just told you, but it worked. So <laughs> <laughs> forget everything I just said. Go with this yeah. now. All right. Well, well, it's one of the, you know it's one of those things that it worked. I was just like. I was like, really? That female tried to eat me for an entire year, but he was like, do that? And I was like, well, I'm going to, I was like, you probably know better than me. I'm going to give it a shot. And damn it, it didn't work. So
2: Huh. it might okay. be, it might just, it's probably one of those things again, where it's like different methods and different things are used for different Python. I mean, every animal is different. Every pair of animals is different. So uh, what well, might work that way won't work for those guys. So that's awesome though. I like that. Because I think yeah, I'm trying to breed womas this year for the first time, too. so. Uh...
4: And I think it's just one of those things of getting the food in them at the right time right? Like, compared to when they're breeding. So, you know, if right. you're actually paying, and I think it all comes down to paying attention, you know, if you're actually, like, feeling them and if you see some follicular stuff going on and you're like, oh, they have some follicles going, let me get a couple extra meals in them, right? you know, and then you try to breed right after that, then chances are you're going to have pretty good success.
2: You know, that's so I think right. it's probably good and that's one of the right after the you break cool down is everybody warms up and then you feed so if there is any follicular development you're you're getting the food to them at the right time
4: yeah and i think that's one of the things too and i i'm horrible about this of like what i want my room to look like you know so Mm -hmm. i have cages and i have racks and i have whatever else and it's like you know it's so much different if you're in a cage you can actually see what they're doing and if you see they're cruising or if you see they're doing whatever else and you're like well why are they doing that Right. And that's there's a great example when we talk about the Angolan pythons with that, like that. I just paid attention to something, and then when I looked back, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, and it was just I just paid attention. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that I did anything fantastic. I just was like, "Oh, look, that male's cruising. I should throw him in there." Mm. And I threw him in there right. for one week, and he bred, and that and it worked. You know, it's like one week out of a whole year <laughs> it worked. I just waited till I saw him cruising, and I was like, right. when I went back and looked at the records, I was like wow, good thing I was paying attention. You know, you can't do that in a tub. <laughs> so
0: that's, yeah. You know,
4: you know, a, a tub makes it, and I can, like I'm looking around and I can see snakes moving in tubs, but like, you know, the it's tubs the make it more so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. The, the <clears> tubs make life so easy to clean and to take care of them. And I think they eat well and, you know, but there's just so, I don't know. It's, it's that whole debate. And I, I don't know that I'd say one's better than the other. I think it just depends on what you're doing. Right. But yeah.
1: I can see the pros and cons of both. I mean, most of my stuff yeah. is in racks, but, I mean, definitely, it definitely is much easier to uh, just cru- cruise into your snake room and, uh, you know, especially at
4: night, you know,
1: check things out. You when can I say,
4: see it. And the cons of your room in racks is whenever I got back from Carpet Fest, I saw all these pictures, and I was like, well, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And I was like, you know, where was you, you hiding that? so long. Well, you were well. You were in that room, and I felt bad, and I didn't want to like keep you in there that long. So I was, he like, was going to look at one or you know. I'd go in there to look at one or two things and then leave and come back or whatever else. And I'm like, well, oh, shit, I should have stayed in there for an hour and looked through everything. <laughs> yeah, I, <was> like, <laughs> I saw those pictures, uh, and I was a little bit bummed that I didn't look at that. So now I've come back, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, dude, Carpet Fest we get is a
2: yearly event. You know, yeah. Yeah. there's tackle a rack every year. You know, so you keep coming yeah. to Carpet Fest. So eventually, you are working your way through Eric's room.
1: <laughs> so, um, so I, I don't even know if you hit on this. Did you, I, I know you guys. I heard you say something about uh, extra males and stuff like that, but that's kind of the thing. Did you do any kind of like? Did you have to do any kind of tricks like that? Uh, did I, or did I miss that? I don't have that? two
4: males, so I didn't use. Oh. I only have one pair. I have, you know, I have babies in here now, but I only have one pair of adults or one pair of olive pythons in general that have been here. So I did not. That was, I was bound and determined that I was going to not do it without two boys but that I was going to do it without two boys. And so I just, well, I didn't try, like I've got Macklots and I've got Fuscus and I've got Sabu. So I kind of thought about throwing something else around, but I did not.
2: I've done that uh-huh. too.
4: But I just, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know if I just hit it at the right time. And I also mm-hmm. would say like, I, I also contacted that Henry Purin. I don't know mm-hmm. the guy in Canada. Yep. And mm-hmm. he had said that he bred his without ever using two males. I think he has two females. And he would bred them like year after year, and he had never done it with using two males. And so I was like, well, if he can do it, then I'm gonna get there sooner or later. I'm just gonna take the long road, I guess.
1: So but is it? I, it I don't know. This. Too. Is, it, is it maturity? Like when? When do? You, when is it? When is the uh, time to
4: shoot for with these guys? Five years? I've heard. I've heard people say that they need to be older, and I was in number yeah, eight. That. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Nick told me his like was. I think he had a female go when she was like nine or 10. I, I Cause I actually asked him around that same time. So I think, I think his female was kind of older when she bred for the first time as well. So hmm. I'll, have to, I'll have to double check with him now that I said his name and said that, but I, I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. he had the kind of the similar experience.
1: I think you're so, right. I, I think he said 10 years, <coughs> if I'm not mistaken. I, I remember him talking about that and him saying that it took him 10 years to figure it out, but he finally figured it out. Um, hmm. Okay. What else we got, Owen? I mean, how, how do you keep these guys normally? Is it just the normal pythons? You know?
4: Yeah, So, so I mean, Richard? my cage is a, it's a, I mean, my whole setup is a six foot vision cage for the female. I've got a hide box in there. I've got a nest box that I've, like, a rubber made container with a hole in the top just so she has options. She, in all mm-hmm. honesty, doesn't ever go in that thing. She didn't even really? lay in that thing. Um, she laid underneath the paper in the back, of course, where I couldn't even get a good picture. Um yeah, you know, she laid just on the bottom of the cage. I had two nest boxes in there. She just laid underneath the paper in the back corner so I could get nothing out of the most exciting clutch I ever had. Sure. But um <laughs> Um and I just have a water bowl and then I've got a heat lamp and I've got that unprinted white newspaper from uh U haul And then the okay. mail I have basically the same setup just on a smaller form and a vision bullet tub. Um Okay. I do I don't know, my room right now is eighty degrees. I'd say like the majority like, my ambience are like I would say 82 to 86 in the summer, probably 78 to 80 in the winter. And then I get down to routinely get down like in the low 70s. I've gotten in the upper 60s at night in the winter. Okay. And uh-huh. then I just have, but I provide heat during the day. And so I provide basking spots during the day. Actually, I provide, if it's on, a, if it's on tape, it gets basking spots all the time. If it's a light, it's just 20, 12 hours. I don't really change, I'm, I'm too lazy to go through and change the timing on that stuff. And so that I'd have to move a whole rack. So <laughs> they get, they get 12 hours. They don't go to 10 or eight or anything like that. They get you know, whatever the heck the thing, the timer's set for Cause where it is, I would have to move too much stuff to get to it. Um, right. <laughs> and then I just, and then I just feed them, you know, and then, you know, and I don't feed them that much until I would say now, it used to be, I would say I fed them probably every, two to three weeks used to be my regimen. And then once I started after that Vin Russo thing, I would say I probably do like one good meal every three or four weeks. Gotcha. And then, and sometimes I would say there's times where I go probably, probably two months or better where they don't get a meal. If they're not doing it, if they're not moving that, I don't feed them. And I would say that's kind of been my, like if I go through boxes and they don't look up when I open the thing, I just close the thing and go to the next one. So if, if you're not looking for food, I'm not going to give it to you. And then, right. And then when they are looking, then I just try to give them as much as I possibly can, in all honesty. Within, I mean, within reason. Right. I mean, you know, so like one or two. If I have a big rat, then I'll give it to her. If I have two, then I'll give it to her. I don't know that I've ever done anything. I was actually thinking the other day about maybe trying some rabbits or something like that just to get like a good meal in there. But I don't have that. Gotcha.
1: So, so your meal, the she's basically leaving a small bulge. That's what you're shooting for?
4: Um, or a small no. bulge. Or, I mean, if I do the two rats, it's a big bulge. Like I'll do a oh, okay. <laughs> like, like I'll, yeah,
0: you
4: know, I'm. I'll have to, I have some pictures in here of some some meals I've given some stuff. I if yeah, I'll I'll push them to the limits if they'll if they'll take it. I, I'll give it to them
2: next next okay. time I feed my guys. I'm going to, have to send you a picture because I feed very sporadically when it comes to the olives, but they get uh, uh guinea pigs. Um right. when I can get them, which is why it's sporadic. So uh, right. I usually get a bag of guinea pigs, and these are the only two only animals in my collection that eat things that big. Uh that bag usually lasts for like a couple months, but again, it's sporadic when I feel like feeding these guys. So but I think they finally polished off the last bag of guinea pigs last week. And because we're heading into breeding season, I'm not gonna buy any more. So these were like the biggest guinea pigs I'd ever freaking seen in my life um, that they choked down. So they're both sitting there underneath the, the panels on top of their hide boxes, uh, nice, fat, and happy. So. Yes, yeah,
4: I mean, if, if I can make them look somewhat uncomfortable, then I will.
2: Yes. That's, my, <laughs> that's, my,
4: that's kind of my goal. That's the goal.
2: <laughs> gotcha. You got to be unhappy for a bit, and then, you know, they'll sleep, and then you can do stuff well, in their cage.
4: So I was looking through stuff. I saw a picture of one eating a freshwater crocodile today. Now granted, I know (laughs) like I saw that there's all these crazy pictures you see online. Now I know I'm not, this is not the wild, but if I provide them with the things they can kind of go do whatever. And again, I should knock on something, but I, I can't tell you the last time I had something rigor. It's been years, you know, and Mm -hmm. I push stuff where I'm like, I would say I'd definitely come back in and go, ooh, is that too much? Should I check on that thing? <laughs> <I don't laughs> I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that plenty, and, and it really never – I don't have an issue. So, right. you know, I think as long as you give them options – like, I, I don't know. I, I always toy with the idea of doing the whole ambient temperature stuff and, because it, it does scare me hearing about people get having fires and whatever else and heat tape scares the crap out of me. But I still run it, and that's why, like, I have heat lamps on a lot of my cages. All have lamps, and so I'm like, especially these little Zillow things. You can actually like clip them to the top; they can't fall over. They're little halogen bulbs, or 50 watts or 25 watts. You know, they're they feel as safe as they could be to me, Mm -hmm. and I really like them. If I if I had a lot of money, and in all honesty, I think I'm actually getting ready to expand my snake room to go upstairs, because we're gonna. Mm -hmm try and renovate this back little section where the stuff is. And so it might be a little bit bigger. So I might actually make it a little bit more cage friendly just so I could see everything. And, you know, I wouldn't say, I don't need my stuff in like humongous areas, but it'd be nice to be able to see it.
1: Sure. So So, why did you go with bulbs instead of like radiant heat panels? Any reason, or I'm just curious.
4: Um, I think radiant heat panels, like again, I think this comes down to, I think radiant heat panels are expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. And if I have any money, it usually goes to a snake or a cage or a beer or whatever it is. going. <laughs> <be. So, laughs> I like the way you sound dumb. <laughs> Smart, so go on. So yeah. <laughs> I would say I'm not really good at like, like if I were to be like, oh, I have a grand, I need to put heat panels in here. I'd be like, uh eh. or I could go buy the $15 combo set of a light and a bulb. And then I can see it too. And then I don't have to worry about a computer. I don't really worry about the upper end of the temperatures. I know some people... I'm kind of like, if the ambient temperature's in here good and they can get to the heat and get away from it, if it's 105 degrees, as long as they're not melting their skin off, I don't really care. Right. I would say that that female olive did burn herself. Like, she had some burns on her that she was making. That's why I kept on moving the thing. She would move that darn hide box so she would be, like, two inches from the bulb, and she did, like, give herself, like, little, like, she had little Stop white it. patches you on her back. trying to save and, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and that's why I was, like, I kept on moving it, and then finally I was, like, you know what? She keeps on doing it. And I was, like, I oh, was... It's all superficial. I mean, she shed twice since then and you can't even tell, but I was like, I'm going to let her do it. You know, I mean, as long as you watch it and take care of it. I think she looked like crap in all honesty. Once she was like building and in there, and I had her on Aspen then, cause I just gave her, she, like, she literally, I thought looked like crap during her whole pregnancy. Just her skin was all beat. She just was like kind of beat up a little bit. She just was I don't know. She it was just like she was she was looking for something, and she kept on going to the heat and going to the heat, and so she just kind of beat herself up a little bit in the process. Which not like she wasn't like open wounds or anything, but she she definitely was rough. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of why I did the paper too.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So you're using the uh, a six foot um, vision gauge, right?
4: Yeah, it's 6x3x18. By by I don't know what model it is, but it's... Yeah, 6x3x18. Six six by by I'll say the 3 is nice, but it also is a pain because I'm not little, but I'm also, like... It's not the easiest thing to clean in the back a inch, couple inches. I would say 2.5 is probably a better idea. If I were to do it all over again, I'd probably get the one that's a little bit smaller just because I have it gotcha. on top of other racks, so I have to get up on, a, like, a two-step step ladder to clean the back corners, which is, of course, where they always throw some concrete urates in the back and then I've got to be scraping all that out. But i say, that's the only thing I don't like about it is it's a little bit too deep, but that's gotcha. more just my inconvenience.
1: That's the, uh, I just Googled it real quick for anybody. listening. it's six thirty 72 by 36 by 18. Right. That's what you said. Yep. Yeah.
4: Okay. And I mean, she has, pl- I mean, she's like, right now, she's cruising around in here but she's got plenty of room in that thing. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, I wouldn't, like, she's definitely longer than it, but, I mean, she doesn't look bad, and she's not like she's ever straight. Right now, she's even, like, in a, she's just all coiled on herself, just kind of moving back and forth. Right.
0: Awesome. That's cool.
1: All right, so, so what about, so, Eggs. How difficult yeah. how sensitive are these uh, eggs once you get them? And what was your uh, process?
4: So they were definitely huge,
1: They, they yeah.
4: were they were big. I, I sent you well, I don't know if there's anything in there to the babies were big. Did I do anything? You had your I
2: hand had. with a whole wad of olive babies in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I posted up yeah, the pictures Jay you sent me. Um, let me see I don't out. know if there
4: was one I with olive
1: eggs. Here.
4: I'm trying to think. I feel like I weighed them somewhere. I have I have a MacLach yeah. thing here on the wall, but I don't know if I have any. I weighed them, but I don't know where the, where it is. I guess that's a really good record keeping is to weigh them and then not know what you did with it. So, that's fine. It's better than I, what I do. So.
1: Um, oh well, you have one in your hand. So it's about. Yeah, but, it's about.
4: They come out pretty big, and they're super velvety. So I'd say, what did I have? I had eleven eggs. I ended up with three that were stillborn. Three that went full-term and died in the egg. so That sucks. Whatever happened with that, I'm not sure. And then I had one, and I sent you a picture of this. I don't know if you could see it, but one had this, like, super thick skin. Like, it pipped on its own, and then I cut it a little bit, and then it just had – I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost, like, gelatinous all over, but it was, like, hard. And that one ended up coming out and didn't have its yolk sac. It, it, came, it came out probably half the weight of everybody else. Oh. Um and it's a girl, um, but uh, it's still, I mean, it's still here and it's doing all right. But it's, uh, but that one was like kind of weird. I actually wasn't sure what to think of that because I'd never seen one come out looking like that. So, is but that the one that like you a,
1: had in your hand? That's the one you had in your hand?
4: I'd have to look. I don't know. Probably because probably I probably, I took a few pictures of it because I was like, what the heck is going on with this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Have... people to be like, you... yeah, it's got like a foreskin it to, to it. I don't out. know what it's got on it. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's yeah, weird. It's kind of weird. And so it ended up coming off like on its own. And so yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I, I had one pip. What do I have? I have the dates here. So I had one tip on the 28th. And then, so I made a little slip and everybody else like that, like that next day. And then that yeah. one came, that first one came out on the 29th. And then by July 2nd, they were all out. Um, wow. everybody, everybody that was going to do well was out by July 2nd. Um, and then that one that just had been, that one that had no reserves was just skinnier than everybody else, and so I just set it up and did it like that. Um, How and then I just started trying, and then I started trying to feed them.
2: How's their skin? Because uh, it kind of seems like they'd be a little bit finer skinned than uh, like oh, co- like velvet ones. Yeah, <laughs>
4: they're like they're like soft and velvet. They're That's like, weird. They're, you just wanna you just wanna touch em. That's you just wanna so hold them. Like it's so weird. They're way different than they're way different than baby Mac Lots and way yeah, different.
0: And, well, and I
2: should know that because I got my pair as babies from Tom Kjogen, but it's been so long I have like I've forgotten. So you know,
4: yeah, like it. They are so su- and even right now. I mean, I've got different sizes on them because they've eaten in different ways. Yeah, but they're still so smooth and so they're just different. Like they they definitely are something. You're like I just want to handle these things. Like they're mm-hmm. definitely. Super cool, and they were really, really relaxed. And I talked to, like, I talked to Joshua about. It. I, I texted, and messaged him a couple of times, and his were all feisty, and mine came out of the egg like all super relaxed and super nice. So, I don't know what that was all about, but they've gotten a little bit feistier as times gone on, but mm-hmm. they've all been pretty nice. Like so, I'll take it. The Maclots There was, there was. I don't know. I had like thirteen MacLaws. They they had enough attitude for everybody, so mm. it was <laughs> it was good to have the nice olives next to them. They just were like relaxed.
2: That's so cool. But, so
4: and then how I did say, you know, so if feeding you want to talk about babies, yeah. So feeding trials. So the first thing I tried to do was just I did I tried to do live on all of them, and nobody right. wanted live. Um, <laughs> then I did frozen, and I actually oddly enough had like two or three take frozen the first time. So they shed like, I don't know what, when were they born? They were born July 2nd. Their first shed was the 18th of July or the 15th of July. And I think they ate, they they shed on the 15th. And then I had, I did the live and then I tried frozen and I had like three of them eat on the the 18th. And then like two of those three never ate again (laughs) until I, so then I was like, I kept, they, I kept on trying and I was having limited success. So I got some chicks. And I thawed them out in the water with chicks. And then I got all but one to eat that way. Um, And then they did that for a while. And then all of a sudden, like, two of them decided they were like, ah, we've had enough. We're going to go off feed for a little bit. And it's weird because they don't really have a – they don't have a feeding response. Hmm. Like, for for rodents, they just kind of, like, they come out and look at it, but they're not grabbing anything. Like, I would say after, like, the fourth meal, a couple of them started to grab the mice and started to do it. And then last week, actually, I was like, man, there's three of them that I need to get some meals in. So I went and got some quail. And, boy, mm-hmm. they're a whole different snake when you give them quail. Like, they come out and wrap it up. And even the one that had only eaten once, the little runt one, came out and wrapped it up like no – like, they were crazy when the quail were. So if you offer them the right food, so if they want to eat, yeah. they want to eat birds. and so I've heard that. They have, a, yeah, they have a feeding response if you give them birds. For rodents, they're like, eh, oh, whatever, I'll eat it, but I'm not going to give you much much effort. But if you give them birds, man, they're all over it. So, okay, I don't know, I was thinking I almost might at least a couple of them, I might give them two or three more meals with birds just to kind of get them going and then try rodents again or try something yeah, in the middle. But
3: I wonder,
1: I mean, I wonder, a, I guess it comes down to availability, but it seems like a lot of times people will say that an animal will take this and it seems to me once they become adults, especially I would say with olives, they pretty much will eat whatever you give them, right? I mean, they're not picky yeah, feeders not at, all. at
2: all. I'm not seeing the problems yeah. with that.
1: So, why from would you come
4: From the You know? From the yeah, time so you I got yours, like, like. And and I found there was a the local shop that has a lot of reptiles that I got three quail chicks for 250 So I was like, I'm sure I could find a oh, cheaper, but I was like, I I could live 250 You know, I mean, I'm like, crap. Mm hmm. So if that's all it's going to take, then I'll feed them that for a couple of times and get them at least get a little bit of weight on them, get them going. And then I can start worrying about switching right. them over. Right. Right. Huh. Interesting.
1: So yeah. they love at birds. At a certain <laughs> point, you <don't> care.
4: <laughs> they, they
1: well, do care. They do love birds. And
2: what about that chick scent? Have like, you tried the scent stuff that Eric keeps going on about? Or is that next year's batch of babies?
4: Um, I just did. What I did is I took a chick and I would thaw it out in water with with fuzzies. Right. And that actually worked just they don't come and they wouldn't, none of them wrapped it up. I had to leave it in there and come back. But I mean, I have, I don't know, what is this one? One, two, this one's eaten like seven meals like that. It's the last two meals it's eaten without any scent at all. But like those, like I've got two that are on adult mice that, I mean, they, they eat whatever now, but it took like, I just gave them like the first five meals, six meals with the chick, with just a chick scent in there. And they would take it when I would leave it and come back and it would be gone. Hmm. So and I had three males that I sold three males in Daytona that were eating right. well, too. So oddly enough, I sold three males and no females down there. But whatever. But um, <laughs> and so all three of those boys were eating well, too. So they. No issues with them that I know of. Huh, OK,
1: good. yeah. Josh said he tried uh, the whole quail trick and he had no luck with uh, three of them. Oh really? Uh, that's still one Yeah, eat. three of his little ones. Yeah. So, what size quail are you using for the
4: for the babies? I have like old. the day old ones. Yeah, day and they were pretty big. Like, but I mean, they they didn't look bad once they ate them. And honestly, I'm going by what they tell me because I've never hatched a quail. But they just said they were day old, and so that's what I bought. They were like, okay. I mean, they're almost the size of like a hopper. Okay. Like they're mm-hmm. they're pretty like a small mouse. I mean, they're pretty big. But I mean, it's a bird, so it. Not as big as it looks, um, right, yeah, but I mean they took them with pretty quick and they went they passed them through pretty fast too here's
1: a a this is just a side question, still lyasis, but um is it uh similar with um waters and malots same same type of deal with getting
4: babies going as far as uh the macro ate. the are uh, the Maclots ate frozen. Off the tongs, like, the day they shed, right while they were <laughs>
0: shedding. <laughs> <laughs> they, not happy.
4: Not one of them missed a meal ever from the first time I offered it, and it was all frozen. And they were just like, that's like, in all honesty, it was the best clutch of babies I think I've ever had. You know, they, awesome. they all were just like, they'll eat anything and everything as often as you give it to them. They're just incredible. Gotcha. So I've not, I have waters, but I have not bred them. We had savages I had sad- years ago. Like I worked at a store and we bred them there and I don't uh-huh. feel like we had any issues, but I always hear people say they have issues. So maybe I don't remember very well, but it was okay. like in the mid nineties. So I was, I was young and probably wouldn't pay attention that well. But, um, right. you know, I don't remember us having any issues feeding them, but the the waters I had, I got waters from Tom Keoghan. And when I got them back from Daytona, three or four years ago, like when I unboxed them, the female started eating my fingers for me taking, I was taking her out of the cup and she started wrapping my fingers up. And so, you know, so I've never had an issue with them. They eat whatever.
0: Gotcha. I wouldn't,
4: I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect them to, but again, I haven't produced them myself. So hopefully this year, it'd be nice. Actually, I'd hope to produce four species of lysis this year, if I can make it all happen. Oh man.
1: So it would be olives, maclots, waters and Luskis,
4: sap and saboos, yeah. sabu's.
1: okay. So, right. so if there's a
2: pair of Dun's pythons at Tinley Park, are you gonna like are you and I gonna have to fight over it?
4: <laughs> um, I mean I would I would definitely own those. I guess it would depend on what kind of money I had in my pocket. Um so if someone <laughs> has yeah. all olive pythons or some Maclots pythons, then maybe. Yeah, there Yeah, you, go. you and uh, are, yeah, I. yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a, I'm 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 not, I'm not much of a fighter over anything like that. I, I feel there's always time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, you I'll throw
1: my hobbit at you. With, you. You just have to stay friends with whoever buys them. That's all. That's the trick. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with that.
4: And and Ryan has them. And, and he has, I don't think he's had success with them, but I've talked to him about no. it a couple of times. He sent me some pictures of the ones he has. And if there's anybody who's going to breed them, it will be him probably. So,
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I was I was talking to him today about them they're I think he said they're like 30 years old
4: 20 they're, they're years one of,
1: years of the old.
2: original animals to be in the state they're they're pretty high up there and I think the one that KJ has is somewhere up there too because I think it was the splinter of that same group so yeah those animals are close to 20 years old some of that so yeah yeah
1: 25 nuts. to 30 years yeah. old wow so that kind yeah, of that's pretty impressive them,
2: but it does, and it also kind of – I think it might suck for – because you remember when uh, Paul finally bred his Brisbane's, they were up there too, and I think only, the fertility for the eggs sucked. So, you know,
4: that's well, – You only need two. Exactly.
2: You only need – just get
1: <laughs> just get a few.
3: Just get like one or two and you them, to go. Yeah. You just
1: need them to breed once. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? They have to yeah. produce one clutch, and then you're good to go as long as uh, – yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, make one pair and that's all you need. Uh-huh. Cool.
1: Um, all right, so what what else with the olives? Like anything else that uh
4: Um I don't know. I don't know that I'd say anything else is like let me think.
2: Anything else crazy I mean, hanging I, out there or something I mean, you mean we
0: could
1: ran into we can switch into Maclots if you want. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think Owen will mind either. Owen but, will uh, never
2: have a problem with more Maclots pythons. So,
4: you, know, you know, I would say, uh, I don't know. I mean, my mind switches back and forth, so I might well, have something
2: I'll blur it out a little bit later. That's so, fine.
4: Okay. And,
2: and Dennis, I have to ask you, um, the temperament for the MacLot python that I'll be getting, is there any way you can handle it some more and kind of tame it down? Because I'm very shy when it comes to, you know, aggressive species of python. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I
4: can I can handle it, but that just means it's going to bite you more.
2: Well, I but, mean that's just funny here. So yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: although I, I would say I, I like I would say I have a little bit of a technique where I just kind of go in there rigid and pick them up and move them around, and it and it works pretty well. I would say I get bit like half the time that way. Oh, good. <laughs> so progress. Yeah, so uh, they do all right,
2: but they eat every time, so that's all that matters. That's all I care. No, I don't care about anything else. <laughs> It can be a fiery demon spawn. I don't care. It eats and makes babies. I'm cool with it. So, well, yeah, I mean, they're...
1: I have to ask. Like, is um, the first picture as I'm going through? Um, I guess it's like the it's biting your shirt. Maybe biting the nipple. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think I sent
0: That's... that
4: picture to Owen when it happened, actually. But um,
1: yeah,
0: but yeah. that was like my first.
4: <laughs> that was my first feeding after uh, the macaw's laid eggs. I think it was my first feeding hours around then, and I was actually I opened up the, because they're in I have them in Vision boa tubs, and so okay. I op- I, uh, I like opened it up and she was standing there looking at me and I was like oh okay whatever and I don't think I was feeding actually I was watering and so I had like my water jug and I was getting to pour it in there, and damn that thing didn't shoot out and grab me and it really it literally wrapped up, the skin on my chest right around my nipple and I was like oh my god <laughs> and then of course the first thing I'm like I'm like where's my shirt?' My phone? <laughs> so I'm like, I find my phone and I take a picture of it. And I'm like, you know, I've got to share this with somebody that would appreciate it. And so yeah. uh, luckily she held on for about, I don't know, three minutes, something like that. And I was like, there's no, I was not frying her off. I just kind of waited it out. Cause I was like, it kind of sucks in all honesty, but I was like, there's, yeah. there's not much you can really, there's not much you can really do at that point in time. So I just kind of hung out and then she let go. And okay. then I put her back in there and, then she, she is just like, she is still, She's just so hungry. Like, it's like, I'll feed her to to uncomfortable looking, and I swear the next day she'd probably come out and eat me again. She is just like, I'm guessing that's a good sign. Like, she wants to do it again, which I'm completely okay with. But, right. man, she is, like, she is a feeding machine right now. Nice. So, and, and she actually used to be, like, really – before she had the baby, she was, like, super cool. You could handle her and whatever else, and I don't really – now, because she's always trying to eat me whenever I open the damn thing up, I don't really pull her out and hang out with her too much. But, like, she's just a machine. She's just which, mm-hmm. she, she, if she makes more babies, then I don't really care.
2: Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's totally fine with that. That's great. So.
4: And I would okay. say that – and honestly, that has been the animal. I've had a lot of snakes in my life, and I've never mm-hmm. had – now, granted, I still have 2.3 that I need to sell. But, like, I have never had so many people contact me without actually advertising yeah um just by putting pictures up there like if i really would have put advertising out there i probably could have sold 30 animals like the first week at least i don't know if i i don't know if everybody i've had a lot of people not pull the trigger that said they were going to buy one but the amount of the amount of messages that i got about those snakes i was like holy crap i should have like because i sold that one to to owen before i was like damn i should have kept that thing i was i was originally thinking i didn't need to be (laughs) i didn't need to make so many but then uh After I made it, I was like, holy crap, It's like the most sought after snake on the market or something. It was kind of (laughs) crazy. Max,
2: Max, one of those things that like, if if people have been waiting for Max from certain people, they're all over it. Or if somebody has bought maybe one Mac from somebody and they don't want to (laughs) buy or they want to have some sort of unrelated pair. And now you show up a person who has had success. It's. It kind of weird like that because I've also seen a lot more baby Macklots pythons advertised this summer uh, than I ever have before. You know, it's not right. just you. It's not just Ryan. Um, uh, Sonia produced a clutch and a few other people have. So it's like they're out there, but it's like they're, those are those kind of animals that people will scoop them up. And then all of a sudden, if you produce them, they'll knock down your door to get them. I mean, same thing goes with Stavu, well, that- in my opinion.
4: Well, and then I found out that I was too cheap, and I was like, who knew that I was too cheap? But I was, yeah, I
2: know, right? Too cheap. <laughs> so,
4: you know, I put them up there, and then Ryan's like, well, I'm selling them for 5 five seventy five a pair or four seventy-five mm-hmm. a pair. It was something like that, and I was like, holy crap. I was like, I was just selling them for 200 bucks a piece, and then I was like, you know, and then I looked online, and there was a, I guess that Sonia, I don't know her, but she had them, like, I think she had them for like 600 bucks for a pair, and I was like, damn, I undercut myself. I didn't ever... I remember yeah. I had them years ago and I think we sold them for like $65, you know? So right. I, like, <laughs> I thought, I thought 200 bucks was, I was like, I was happy for $200. I didn't realize I needed to go up, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Live and learn. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not looking to be a millionaire or a, I'd like to just be a thousandaire. So, I mean, as long as I'm, <laughs> as, as long as I pay for whatever I need and, Get a couple
1: more animals in the process. I don't really care too much. Right, that's cool. Yeah, I think one of the things that always struck me as impressive with Maclots is uh, I think that well, we can go back to what started Owen's obsession with Maclots was.
0: Somebody when I dropped bought-
1: them off in my house. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> what started my obsession with them is when I saw an adult. Like I think when they're young, they don't have that scent, like that pepper, that golden peppering mm-hmm. that's all over them. Yeah, you know, like when you see them as an adult
4: with that, you're like, "What the hell? These are like really cool." So, well, they're beautiful. They're like almost like that bluish color, or mm-hmm. I don't know how I would really. I mean, they're. I mean, they're awesome snakes. I mean, they're definitely. Yeah, I mean, they there's something you have to see. Like, I think if you see like an adult mice one, and if you look on the, you look on the classifieds, you'll see those wild caught ones coming in there a little bit. They're a little bit rough. I mean, but they don't look. Yeah. They don't look bad. They just don't. But they don't look like they could. You know, if you saw right. those things in two months and somebody got them, they shed and fed a couple times, you'd probably be like, holy crap, I should have bought those things. Yeah, you know? right. And when they're nice, when they're big and nice, then, I mean, there's not, it's a, it's an active snake. It's a cool, I mean, it's a beautiful snake. It's a eating machine. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, if you were to set them up, I mean, it's probably, I mean, well, I mean, there's not much better than a carpet python to walk into. Well, I actually have a scrub python sitting out. There's not much better than like a big arboreal snake sitting on a branch, but. You know, those guys, when I had them in – I did have them in four-foot vision cages, and they would sit on perches all the time, too. You know, they would sit up, and they would yeah. wedge themselves behind the light shroud so I couldn't get them out, which is why I kind of moved them because it was a pain in the neck because they they'd always put themselves where I couldn't see them or grab them. Um, but, you know, they if you set them up right, they're a great display snake and just a great snake in general.
2: Yeah. That, that is true. And it's, they're, they're also one of the things where I've never seen – a Mac that I would call like an ugly Mac, you know, maybe a beat up one, but never an ugly one. Like I've never seen one that I'm just like, and that is gross. Unless of course it was crossed with something it should never have been crossed with like a Jaguar carpet Python, but we won't get into that. So (laughs) like, um,
4: like I saw that one you put on there today, Derek, that one that I guess you just got from Ryan with like the back. That's almost like clean with the speckles on the sides. Oh yeah. Smoking. Like I was like, wow. You know, I mean, there's not, that's the one thing I was like, is there even a variability in these things? But there is so much for, for basically a speckled snake. There's still a lot of variability. Sure.
1: Yeah.
0: So,
4: I, so it's, I saw that snake and I was like, I'd like to no, own I mean <laughs> that. That was a nice looking animal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I got the hookup on that one for sure. Um, so I'm curious, do you, you, I guess you keep these guys the same as the olives, same, same regimen, yeah. all that kind of stuff.
4: The only thing that I did differently, it's the exact same measurement. So I would say temperatures are the same. I don't, I had them in cages and I tried to breed them for like two years in cages, but I bought them as like, they were just at three, three years old, I think when I bought them. So they were like just in their prime. And Mm -hmm. I think it was just, I moved them and whatever else. And I just didn't, I didn't even see really any locks. The guy I got them from said they were locking up before I got them. And then I just didn't see any. And so I switched them into these boa tubs and, it like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a change or if, like, she's like a heat-seeking missile in there. She sits, like, I've got it basically like a, a Rubbermaid tub with a hole cut out. She lives kind of in the tub looking through. Okay. And then when you open it up, she's just right there waiting for you. So you have to be careful. I use a hook to open it up because her face is always right at the edge of the lip. But, um, which, hence, why she bit my in the nipple. But, um, you know, so I would say putting them in there air and, and breed them in like that, I just... Fed the crap out of her, made her have good weight, and you know, and I think I did the exact same thing for them. I int- started intro. I did an introduction in October, mm-hmm. which I didn't see anything out, and then I did it again like the end of January. And then I got, and then the breeding that I did observe was like February 5th, 16th and 19th. I saw breeding those three times, and then okay. I have. What do I have down here? I, March 2nd, I stay where she was building, so you could definitely see she was building follicles, and so like you could palpate her and see. I think I have a picture of that in there too somewhere, but you could you could feel her and you could see that she was she had follicles. They were going. I think I fed her a couple times then, and then uh, one month from that, April 4th, she shed, and then she had pretty. And then April 30th, she laid eggs. So it was a pretty short um, shed to egg laying. What is that? 26 days. Huh. So, 26 days she shed and then laid eggs. I got 13 eggs and three slugs out of her. And then they hatched. They started to pip on June 28th. I got ended up with 5.8 out of it. Okay. And then uh I don't know, they what they, they they were born on June 28th. They shed on 7/11 and then every single one of them ate on 7/15 frozen.
2: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
4: Wow, that's awesome! But
0: so it was so, really like yeah.
2: twenty days from you said shed to eggs was twenty something days, right? Twenty six. Jeez, it's usually um, somewhere in like the forties for. Or uh, how long is it for carpets, Eric? It's like what two? It's like it's three weeks, four weeks. It usually four like weeks. thirty. Yeah, four
4: weeks. About,
0: yeah 30. about 30
4: days. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, she was fast. I mean, the olive was. The olive was much, well, the olive was, what is this, was 34 days, and the macalots were 26. So, maybe it's okay. smaller. They didn't have to make the scale so smooth, so they took them less time to incubate You <laughs> <laughs> They got yeah. to be a little rougher, yeah. Maybe that's why they're so pissed off when they come out. They want to be a little smoother.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So... um do you, are yours from, uh, just, do you know if they're from any special
4: locality, or is it just... So they came from the Bells, um, and then I asked Kim Bell and Mark Bell down in Florida this year, and they don't remember where they came from. <laughs>
0: um,
4: so, I don't know, but the ones I had years ago came from the Bells as well, which I think is kind of funny, but um, yeah, so Kim thought that Mark would remember, and he did not remember. So right. Gotcha. And I don't know enough to tell you, like, I mean, you can, well, I gave you pictures of the big ones so you could, you could see, I don't know enough about the localities or I don't know that I've looked at enough pictures of different localities to tell you what I think.
1: I think the, 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 the stuff that's pretty readily available in um, the hobby is uh, Timor. Um, mm-hmm. But the, like the odd ones are, I want to say it's called Roki Roky?
4: Yeah, Rhode Island. Yeah. Rhode Island. Yeah. Rody, yeah. I, Rody, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. That's cool. Um,
1: very cool species. I would definitely. So uh, let's just say this in the middle of this whole thing. So you're going to be at Tinley Park and you'll have both of these available. Both. Uh,
4: yeah. I have actually 2.3 of each species. Okay. So damn That'll dangerous. Be with me. So damn dangerous. <laughs> Luckily, well, I'm bringing you one already.
2: I would say, luckily, I've already pulled the trigger, so I don't have to do it again. So, ah, and, and, there's,
4: and there's nobody to, to test me to see if I'm trying to sell it out from under you.
2: <laughs> just because I have eyes everywhere doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm keeping tabs on dentist,
4: oh, well, like, was, hey,
2: you, Dennis, even though I was.
4: He was like, hey, Owen, just wanted me to check. Do you have a snake with him? No, I don't. it's getting <laughs> home. That's why I, I sent you a video of it eating, just so you could see. Oh, thank exactly. you. Well, I, well with she, your name on it.
2: Thank you. Well, my friend
4: was at
2: Daytona, and she's like, "There's cool animals down here." I'm like, "If you see a guy named Dennis, he's got macaws, python, Pick a good one and tell him that one's for Owen." So yeah, that was that's pretty much where that was turned out <laughs> to be. But yeah, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> cool.
4: Cool. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's hard. Like I don't even know. Like I have a couple here that are I have, what do I have? I don't know. I have four or five that are paid for that are sitting here. But I'm like when you go through them and look, I don't even. It's hard to choose. Like I just go by, they all eat, they all look good. I'm like, I think you oh, could any okay. meeny, money mo and grab one out. I don't even know. I don't have any that are bald back like that one that Eric has. But you know they're all yeah. they all look pretty damn nice. So I'm like, I don't know. There's there's not a bad one in the bunch.
2: Well, oh, nice. And and Eric had one before from Ryan that had the ball back too. And I think it's just – I think that just – that's Ryan's pairs. they throw those but reduced the, patterns. That
4: one, that, that one you got from me came from Ryan. So mm. does that one have a ball back?
2: No. <laughs> no, it does not. But uh, the smaller one Eric had before did. So I don't okay. know. Hey, uh, if they breed, maybe I'll get some cool reduced pattern max, you
4: know. Yeah, then I'll have to buy some from you. Yeah, <laughs> <it> sucks. Sucks.
0: <laughs>
2: complete the circle. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So Cool. You shall see. So Yeah, uh,
4: there's there's not much there's not much better than those. As far as I've had carpet pythons. carpet pythons are my first snake and I've had a carpet python in my life since nineteen ninety three, I think, is when I first maybe 90, 92 or 93 is when I bought my first carpet light on, when I was mm-hmm. in right. school. And, but I would say the life stuff is just incredible to me. It's just, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's not for everybody. I don't think I guess, but it's, there's something about it. They're just, they're different and they're just awesome.
2: Right.
1: I would agree.
2: So on on, on that, have we, have you thought about adding, the, I know the morphs are limited when it comes to Liasis, but have you thought about adding them to the collection?
4: Like uh, the Silver Savus and... We'll Albin, go Silver
2: Savu, uh, we'll go Albino Olives. If that gold mac had ever resurfaced or babies from him resurfaced, would you jump on those?
4: Um, you know, the, I look at the Albino Olives and every once in a while, like, I see those pictures of like the videos that like the K brothers put up and like the big ones are yeah. smoking. But when I see yeah. a small one, it doesn't do as much for me. Like I, it hasn't made me like want to jump on it. The mm-hmm. silver savus mm-hmm. I think are pretty in- interesting to me. But the ones that I have are weird. Like I almost think that maybe I have heterozygous animals or I have something. Like for the savus that I have, came from the bells as well. Okay. And I know they have silver savus and they're but like they're just not, they're not normal like the other savus that I've had in the past. Um, they have, like, a lot of speckling, and they're just colors a little bit different. Um, so I kind of am hoping that I will make Silver Sabus out of this grouping. I don't know, because I've got a pair that are both really speckled and, like, kind of funky, and then, like, one normal-looking one. <laughs> okay. So I know there's variability in those anyway, but I really like the Silver Sabus. I don't, I don't know if I would pay a lot of money for them. Like, I feel like I've seen – feel like I remember them being, like, super cheap a couple years ago, and the last time I saw them, they are like, a grand or something.
2: They're about like eight hundred bucks a piece now.
4: A, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't spend eight hundred bucks on them. There's,
2: <laughs> if I was going to spend eight hundred
4: bucks, I would save a little more and get hypo Bread by. That would that's the next thing that I want to figure out how to get. Um, oh. But you know, I, I don't. Okay. I think I'm okay with the natural way that they are. The silvers do intrigue me, but I just don't want to spend a lot of money on it.
2: Okay, so you wait for silvers. Everything else, probably not, unless somebody offered you like a full grown albino olive.
4: Yeah, and, you know, I may change my mind on that, but it's really hard to beat the regular olive, and, and you know, in and, and reality, like, it's just such a cool snake on its own. Mm-hmm. And then I also think, you know, if you get this all-white snake and it takes a dump in there, it's going to be... It, it, like yeah. A, it's going to be like a cream-brown snake cruising around in there, depending on it, how quickly it, I get to it.
2: Exactly. It's like how uh, my buddy Andrew does monitors and stuff. He's like, no, it's kept correctly, it's brown lizard. You know, it's like, if people are like, Look at the wonderful red colors. If it's crept correctly, it, it's covered in dirt and mud all the time, and it's a brown lizard. So, you know, that's his philosophy when it comes down to that. So I kind of think of that too, especially with, with Darwin. You know, every once in a while, he'll slide his way through his own stuff, and now he's got, like, patches of brown on him or something or else. or yeah, So he gets it dirty every once in a while. So, yeah, I could see yeah. that being a little annoying.
4: And I'm I'm not going to say no to the albino olives ever because I think think they are cool. And, I mean, it may happen. But it's not something – it's also one of those things that I'm never going to be the guy that's going to sell them for however many thousands of dollars. Right. I just don't put any – I don't really put any effort into selling stuff. I should. Like I go to two shows a year and then I I hold on to stuff and then if somebody asks me about it, I sell it. You know, I mean – I don't really put a whole lot of effort into doing anything unless all of a sudden I'm like, crap, I need some money. We're going out of town or something like that. Then I'm like, or if I find something like right now, like if I'm thinking about, I want to get some hyperbred bread or something like that, then I'm like, oh crap, I need to sell some snakes. Now I need to figure out how I'm going to buy those without, without taking away from my regular funding. Um, Right. You know, so I I don't know. I, I don't put enough effort into it. And especially now like having a family and whatever else that, what happens for me? My life, as far as snakes go, I take care of snakes all day at work, but then come home, do the family thing, and then they go to bed. My wife goes to bed around nine nine thirty, and then I come back and do snakes till like twelve twelve thirty or whatever the night may be, and that's kind of like what I, I don't know. I kind of like it. It's my time to get away and do my own thing, and you know, so I don't. Oh, yeah, I, I would say I'm obsessed with looking online and looking at snakes. Like I definitely am. My wife always yelled at me about looking on Facebook too much and stuff like that. And I'll say 95% of that is looking at whatever snakes people are posting. And I would say, I definitely am obsessed with it, but I'm not obsessed with putting my own stuff out there because I hate shipping stuff.
0: <laughs> it makes me, it
4: gives me, it gives me nervousness. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I just hate it. And yeah. so I'm always so worried that something's going to go wrong or something's not going to, you know, it's going to get lost or it's going to whatever else. And I mean, I've shipped a lot of stuff, but I, and I've luckily never had an issue but it just scares the crap out of me. I'd much rather go sell it for cheaper to show and just have somebody like it that I talk to or whatever else. And You can just hand it off. Yeah. It. yeah you know, that's what I buy. That's, that's my personal and I would do more shows, but my schedule, I'm, I work on Saturdays and I feel right. like every show that's a one day show is on a Saturday. And I'm like,
2: it usually I've is done enough
4: of, I've done enough taking off days to go make, make no money. You know, if I'm, you know, if, it, you know, if it's yeah, something, yeah, You know, if it, if it was on a Sunday, it was, but then you know, then when you're taking away family time. It's one of those things that, like, I love going to shows, but shows always make me want more snakes too.
2: Yeah, you know, that I, a problem. I like,
4: I like the community. I like talking to people. I like being out there. I like looking at stuff, and then I'm like, oh, I like that too. I should, but I don't think actually, I don't think I added one snake this whole this whole Daytona trip. I don't think I added one one snake. So I did pretty good. So, so we'll see if I you no... can
2: last it for Tinley. I mean, you know,
4: well, I've uh, got ideas for Tinley, so it's probably not going to last, but uh oh. <laughs> we'll see. It'll depend. It'll depend on how, if I make any money, then chances are that's going to go away. But yeah, yeah. I'm,
2: I'm probably going to piss you off and try to pay you before Tinley. So, you know, sorry. I'm okay with <laughs> that
0: too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no, I'm,
4: So
0: Heartbroken,
4: yeah. I know I'm okay with that. You know, the great thing is that I've made a a couple sales that my Tinley's already paid for, so damn it, that's been perfect. So, that's how I like to go to a show is when I don't have to worry about my expenses. I had to
2: shake down a hobbit and you know get some money from him, and then I got to start beating some people and sell some stuff at Tinley. So, it might get violent at the Merlia Python radio table, (laughs) just so everyone knows. You
4: know. I didn't know you were such a badass,
2: yeah, yeah. Not, psh, I hide it well, you know it's when well, I start throwing don't tell that to bill. To people is when we got a bad day, so it's like
4: <laughs> don't tell that to Bill, Bill might slam me in the front yard somewhere like oh, I really <laughs> it.
2: listen, listen, if i I'm hoping that I get a oh, bill shoot. howard death match too because I was there for the first one, and I want it again, so I'm gonna push it, yeah, so like be like, hey, Bill uh. Howard said you're, you know, kind of a wuss, and then I'm going to run away. So, you know.
4: Sorry, I think but, Matt and I left about five minutes too early for that. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, just missed it. Um, I'm curious, how was Daytona
4: this year as opposed – I mean, awesome. you usually probably, go da- – It was the best day – I haven't missed one since 95. Okay. I not okay. since 95. So I would say it was a different show for me because I did bring my wife and daughter. Um, okay. So usually it's a – drinking fest from whenever (laughs) to whenever after going to the show we still actually i would say we still did all right so i'm not gonna say that i didn't partake but um as far (laughs) as sales go it was probably my best show i've had in probably five years down there i did i did really well um the crowds on saturday were actually really good sunday was really slow but the the saturday made it so it was super worth it yeah the, the, the the sunday was just slow but um the Saturday was incredible. In and honestly, I mean, I, I did really, really well. So, you huh. know, I, I can't now, complain about it. it. It made it so it was do I mean, you I, think... I was, I've, I've never not made money down there, but this time I made five times the amount of money that I normally make kind of thing. Now,
2: now do you think it was because now every time when, when I got the Mac from you a few tinleys ago
4: <laughs> and right. I threw
2: it in my display, everyone kept asking what the hell it was and how much it was. And I kept having to tell them it's not for sale. Like, I probably could have sold her for double what I paid you for her. <laughs> it's like at the same damn show. Well, but. Well, damn it. I know, right? <laughs> but the same thing, <laughs> also, because she's a horrible, evil bitch. I probably should have. But anyway, uh, um, the other thing is that when I bought a water python at a, sh- a Hamburg show, I did the same thing through my displays so I didn't have to carry it around to whatever. The same thing happened. So, do you think that the extra push at daytona was because here you are with something that not a lot of people at any of the other tables have like you were the weird thing in a sea of ball pythons
4: yeah i would say well i would say and i sell ball python so i have 50 ball pythons here that's I mean, unfortunate I, 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 produce so. <laughs> about, I produce about 15 clutches of ball pythons. so this year i would say ball python sell for me very well i sold okay i don't know i probably sold three or four grand worth of ball pythons down there that day that yeah that day so um i would say the things for me that i had out there is i had a adult female granite spotted python that was in shed okay because i have a couple of them and you would not believe how many people were like oh my god what is that and it was in shed like it was the craziest thing like i'm blue, gonna start bringing yeah. granite spotted pythons with me as like the showstopper it was weird like <laughs> And I had a yearling jungle carpet next to her that was smoking that I ended up selling. And I would say, you know, I, for me, I always have, which I didn't produce any this year, but I always have yearling carpet pythons. So that kind of always helps me. Um, right. I'd say yearling jungles definitely help people stop and talk, um, which I sold. And luckily, not to too much, but people are always like, these are the best ones that I've seen here. So that really helps. Um, Unfortunately, I won't be able to do that next year because I didn't make any this year, but I should have hopefully two or three clutches to go with. Um, But I think just having different – yeah, I think having different stuff. I go with my friend Chad, and he has a lot of ball pythons. He has a lot of really nice stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. We've gone to shows together forever, and, you know, he has a lot of really nice stuff. I have what I think is a lot of really nice stuff, and so we have it out there. And then, you know, I have a little bit of diversity. I had McElhott's Olives, Spotted's, Jungles – and then ball pythons, and I think it makes it so there is definitely something different to look at, you know, and so, and I also, you know, I'm to make it so I talk to everybody that comes up, and you hang out, and I've done it now that I have so many friends that come around, but I think that helps, too. When people hang out at your table, as much as they can kind of block other people being there and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, it really helps if people are like, what are people over there for? Right. Um, So I think having, you know, I think having people around, and having just different stuff, I think the different stuff definitely helps. Um, and I mean, I've had like I've had years where I went down there with carpet pythons and blood pythons and ball pythons, and haven't sold anything other than ball pythons. That happened to me. Actually, my best show ever. I brought down super nice jaguars and jungles, and uh, I had albino bloods, and I had all these ball pythons. And I sold I sold sixteen thousand dollars worth of ball pythons that weekend, and not one carpet python or blood python.
0: Wow. And I was like,
4: hmm. how the heck does this happen? And so, I mean, that that changes, you know, I've only ever had one show like that, and it was the best show I've ever had, and I would love to do that again or regularly or whatever else. But it was like, you know, I had a great show, but it makes it so, you know, everything's cyclical. Then the next time you go down there, then I'd say last year, I think all I sold was jungle carpets. I brought a whole bunch of yearling jungle carpets down there. and I had ball pythons. I didn't sell any ball pythons, but I sold a whole bunch of jungle carpets. You know, so – for me, yeah, it's I, my my collection is diverse, so I think it's because right. I have a lot of stuff, and I think that I think that helps. And then people are always around. So I think yeah, that it's
1: helps. almost it's almost like uh, you know what's cool this year will not be cool next year <laughs> only because you know people forget about it, and then it becomes it kind of gets lost. And then people are like, you know, only a few people continue to work with it. I think MacLots are probably like that. Ring pythons are like that. Yeah, you know, those yeah. those white lips, they're like that too. You know, all these.
2: It, it, it's, it's like how it was. At last Tinley Park, everybody was buying blackheads all over the place. So, like, because I, I, like, they had those beautiful westerns a couple t- tables down from us. And it's like everybody we talked to was leaving with a pair or wanted a pair. So dear there's probably going to be more blackheads you can shake a stick at and everybody's going to want to buy like Timor pythons or something else there yeah. or it's going to be something else. So uh you either hit it or you're you're behind it. So
4: yeah, and it never works out. You never can no. predict, like that is one thing I have definitely figured out is I am never right. You know, and uh, I think yeah, that's definitely yeah. you know and so I think I've figured out that I just have to have the stuff that I like and say screw it and so one of the things that I try to do now is like I did it with short tail python. So I produced a whole bunch of Borneos a couple of years ago.
0: And uh-huh.
4: I had a, I had a rough time selling them. I just had, they just didn't sell very well. And then of course, as soon as I like wholesale the whole bunch of them, people are like, do you have those still? And then I'm getting calls this year. And I'm like, but so I kept the best pair of babies. And so I sold off the adults. Cause I was just like, man, I just made like 50 of these things and nobody wants them today. And then as soon as I sell them off for like cheap, then people are like, where are those blood pythons at? I really wanted those short tails. Right. I'm like, right. son of a – and so I've done that enough times <laughs> in my life that I <laughs> that I decided, so now I have a pair that will go this year that are from – I just picked out the best pair that I thought of what I liked out of those. And so I'll do that where I'll sell the adults, and then I raise up another pair, and then hopefully in that two or three years or whatever it is, by the time they're ready, then my interest has peaked again and somebody else's interest has peaked again. And so I do stuff like that because uh-huh. – I'm tired of buying the same project three times in yeah. 10 years or whatever. Oh. I feel your pain there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and right. the thing is, and I don't even know what I have in here, but I've got, you, but I mean, I've got a dozen, 15 species in here. So it's like, there's always something different, you know? And then, I mean, shoot, I mean, I'm, I've got stuff in my head. Although I, I had kind of washed out albino carpets. And then I saw Andrew Paris put up a picture of the ones he got today and the adults for that. And I was like, well I guess albino carpets are back in the mix. Like i you know, they were they were completely out of mm-hmm. my realm of things again, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Well damn, those were really nice. I think I might have to get some of those. So yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the uh, I can only imagine, I know you guys say that's what happens for you is you you do these shows and then somebody's like that was cool and you're like, Oh yeah, it's horrible. Get some of those. It is horrible. So, <laughs> it's like you know, it's I, like
2: it, and it's even worse when you get rid of the animal. And like you, you, you ditch them, and then you talk to these people, and then you just want it back, and you're like, God damn it! And it's, why, <laughs> why did I all,
0: do that? Why yeah, did I exactly. do that? <laughs> it really messes
4: with you. So, yeah. well, and that's why that's why I won't get rid of it. Although I did just contemplate getting rid of my scrub pythons, but I won't get mm. rid of it until I've bred it and kept a pair of babies. See, but the scrubs, I'm so much
2: happier with them gone. <laughs> so it's like I don't think I'm uh, ever going to get that bug again.
4: So yeah, I have. I've had uh, a big. I've got a big pair of Meraki Southerns that are here, and like, I've been trying to breed them. I've been trying to breed them for a few years, and I have not. So, I don't know. I was thinking about selling them because I was like, oh, if I sold those, I could get those bread lye, maybe. And then I was like, but then I'm like, I don't know. Actually, I was talking to Trace Harden, and he was like, don't, what did he tell me? He said, don't sell a milking cow or something. He's like, they're right ready to breed, and you're going to sell them and the next person is going to bring them the next year. So that's probably good advice. Now,
2: that is the worst thing, because, like, I'm finally – I'm selling my granite male IJ because I have the female with Jason Balin, and Jason Balin is better at this than I am, and he's getting it to breed. So I don't need the granite male. So I'm going to sell him, and I guarantee you, whoever buys him is going to start just churning out babies, like, every year, and I'm going to be really pissed off, but – Whatever. I've had him for like six, seven years. It's time for him to go. But that happens. You know, you, you, you call it quits on a pair, and then the, pers- the next person who gets them breeds them like crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Dennis, don't, 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 don't sell the scrubs because they're scrubs. Him. I swear. I swear that the scrub kiss of death is, especially when you bought them from young, like if you've, if you've got them yeah, young, true. you Moving raise them up. Once. Yeah. What happens is everybody gets frustrated because they don't breed, and then they sell them, and then the clock resets. And then that, you know, nobody ever breeds them because they keep resetting that clock.
4: Yeah, and yeah. I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you the story about how I got these scrubs, but the female, I have a friend that works for animal control, and he calls me, and he's like, there's this big brown snake in the backyard of somebody's house. They, like, left their house, and there's, like, dead rabbits and whatever else, and there's a snake in the back." And Dan, if there wasn't this big Meraki scrub living in the back in a wood pile that had eaten like squirrels or rabbits or something. Oh, oh so, gosh! <laughs> so, I so this is in Norfolk, Virginia, and so mm. I get it. And then, uh, and then I had it for a little bit, and then I was like, I was just gonna give it to somebody else. Or whatever, and then I was like, man, that snake's pretty cool. Like every time I walk in that, I had tannin bars before that tried to eat me every five minutes. Tannen bars suck. So I was like. <laughs> so I got rid of them. and But mm. these things, I was like, man, they're pretty cool. So I found a male, and then they've been living. I don't know, I've had them for probably four or five years, I guess, now. I don't know. But, hmm. yeah, I need to breed them. They're awesome. And then, like, I asked Lawrence a couple questions, and then, of course, he tells me the first snakes he's ever bred were frickin' scrubs. And I'm like, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, I've bred a lot of snakes in my life, and I can't get, you know, but it's just like the olives, you know. It took me a long time to do those. But, you know, it was so rewarding, Yeah. so exciting. You know, it was, you know, and that's what makes it all worthwhile.
2: It's I think so everyone exciting. should have a project like that. Like, the day I get gold phase white-lip eggs, I'm pretty sure Eric's going to hear me screaming all the way down near Philly from Bursboro, And oh, yeah. that'll be it. I'll retire from reptiles. I'll leave the show. You, I will not, I'll be gone. I'll just dissolve. It'll be fine. I'll be done. So...
4: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, like, it's you know, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I've made a lot of babies in my life and seen a lot of things and whatever else. And, I mean, I've been looking at these things forever, but getting babies out of them was just, mm-hmm. man, it's just so cool. Like, it's just so cool. And so, yeah, it, it makes it all worth it. And it makes it so if you get frustrated, you do something like that, and you're like, well, crap, now I'm going to restart. It. You know, I'm rejuvenated. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. So, And I say I'm more into my snakes now than I have been not that I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know that I ever say I'm not into them, but I spend more time back here now than I have in a long time, just because, I don't know, I'm just, it made it so, I'm just so ready to make, like, I'm ready to make things happen. You know, I'm, right. like, before I'd be like, oh, I'd forget to, like, if you, were, something I like, I color coded all my snakes with different types of tape, because I was forgetting to put stuff together. <laughs> but it was like, I'd have it and feed it and be like, then I'd look at it and be like, man, I never even put a mail with that thing. Like all are why am I even, what am I doing? So, but like, so I was like, I need to do something to make it. So I'm paying more. Like I was paying attention to them, but I wasn't paying attention to them in the, like in the making them way. Right. You know, I was like, I should be, I should be making more clutches than I can take care of. And luckily I probably make, I don't know. I'd say I probably make about 12 to 15, 16 clutches a year is probably my normal, and I'm like, I probably should be making like thirty, but I don't know that I would even want to do that because it's like it I'd never be able to take care of it all. But you know, I, and it kind of works. But so right. I don't know. I'm definitely like I'm definitely more like it's made it so I'm I'm ready. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm ready. And <laughs> I'm with you. And so
1: yeah, you go through. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but you go through phases where you sort of like you know. I don't know, maybe you get frustrated, maybe you get whatever it is, burnout, whatever, you know, and then something rejuvenates you and you're back in the swing harder than you ever were, you know?
4: Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I'd say having a good year and making some babies, but then also, you know, I mean, you guys say it all the time, but going to the carpet fest and talking to people and being able to go see Matt's collection and how that place, like, I don't know, I kept on telling him, I was like, I would have thought this room was so much bigger with everything you make. It's like, he's got such a nice setup and all this stuff is like, it's just like it makes you rethink what you're doing because you're like, man, that's yeah. what he did, you know. And you know, so my, <clears throat> yep. that's probably my biggest problem is I see stuff like that, and I'm definitely more intrigued by people's reptile rooms than I am by their reptiles at the time. But mm-hmm. like, right. you know, you see you see stuff like that, and you're like, man, how could I change my room? How could I do whatever? How could I make it? How could I make it better? How could I, you know? And so that's that's my curse is I always do that. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Matt's room is tight. That's for sure. yeah, it's awesome. um so let's squeeze some uh Angolan talk in here um okay uh, what can you tell us about breeding those guys?
4: So I've had a couple of clutches of those We've had one good clutch and then uh, clutch slugs, and then this year decided had'em on had', them, had them in a bigger cage like kind of a naturalistic cage and, and honestly their feeding response kind of sucked and they just, they did all right, but they were just kind of were in there. They did breed in there, but she, she almost, she became became almost egg bound. I wouldn't say egg bound, but like had to palpate eggs out of her. She just was Mm -hmm. like, just, I don't know, just not, wasn't great. So put her in those 28 by 24 by 12 visions. I think it's a 2 Q2-1 or something like that. Yeah. And man, I am telling you it, that thing turned into what I was talking about, how these maclots are. Like, you, you better watch out when you open that thing up. She's going to try to eat your hands. They're both, like, they each live in one of those things, and just they are machines once they went in there. So huh. put them in there, kept them, kept them, like, same temperatures, like 80 degrees, 78 to 82, something like that, whatever it is, with a little, with, with a little hot spot in the back. You did that with heat tape and just did a, a light feeding every month or so and then just put the food. To, I'd give her, like, a good large rat, like, every 7 to 10 days, from late August to December. And mm-hmm. and honestly, that's the one thing, like, I didn't even really pay attention. It was one of those things that I, I hadn't even put them together, and I looked over there one day and was like, man, that male is, like, really cruising. Like, I should really put them together. Put right. them together for, like, it was, I don't know, it was like a week or four days. And then and then he, he bred with her, like, right off the bat. And then he just left her alone, took them apart, and then really – like started looking at her and fed her a couple more times and then looked at her and was like, wow, she's building. I never actually put him back in there with her again. And that's the one thing about cages. Like so, I started thinking about this, like I saw that animal moving and just was like, ah, oh, it must be time. And fricking she took on like a four day introduction. Um, huh? Kind of crazy. It was just the right time and just put yeah. the food to her and then gave her a couple of big meals, like every couple of weeks after they bred and then, so what did I have on them? So, I was, they bred January 20th, I saw breeding. And then May 25th, she had eggs. So, um, but, you know, they just, I would say for them, it was kind of like simple was better. And, I mean, she's a pretty good-sized snake, I'd say. I mean, she's bigger than most ball pythons. She, I mean, there's ball pythons that are as big as her, but they're so much different. Like, I don't know, they're just so much different than a ball python. They just move around different. Running. yeah, these Well, I have a lot of ball bites on each you if you open up the tub, too, but man, she is just like always ready, especially right now. Like, right now she is just on point all the time. She would eat every four days if I open it. Every time I open that thing up to clean her, I have to use a little hook to get her head over the side. You know, she's just ready to eat, so I think that was the key for them was it was a little bit cooler than what I had them at before, and I uh-huh. just had it, so they were kind of a steady they were they were almost at like a, they were at a steady temperature for most of the year, like that I mean there were some some drops in the winter, and then just having a little bit of a hot spot and then just making sure to pound her with food in the in the fall and got nine eggs, eight of them hatched. What did they do? the only thing the weird thing with them was so they laid eggs on may twenty fifth um, the first one to pip was july twenty eighth okay. but it took um until August 8th for all of them to come out of the egg. So really? It was kind of weird. Yeah, so huh. on August 10th, the first one to come out of the egg was already shedding when its brothers and sisters came out two days before it. And they and they actually, like, shed in succession, like, comparatively to how they came out of the egg, which I thought was really weird. Like, you have 10 days in between and it really... Like, their development was really 10 days behind. So right. So it's kind of weird, especially hmm. being all incubated in the same way. And I'd say... I did frozen with all of them and they've been a little bit more, they were a little bit more of a pain to get started than I thought they would be. Not a pain. They've all eaten now, but you know, I kind of did like the green tree Python feeding stuff where I kind of wiggle it. And then like most of them took it, like, I'd say like three took it well. And then like every week one more more would take it. And then I had like those last two that were just a pain. And I just kind of like bothered them with it and just kind of wiggled it up and down their body and kind of like twitched it back and forth and they'd wrap it up with their body put them back and then they eat that way so
3: you know bothering them
4: really pissed them off and made them want to eat and so it worked huh mm. but there no, they're there's cool another snakes. one
1: that yeah they're another one that i heard is uh
4: bird bird eaters i could see i, I mean to... you know because they don't really have much of a i wouldn't say they're like coming out like feeding response like crazy so i could mm-hmm. see that with the way that they are like the olives they definitely are they just are kind of looking, and you can piss them off and make them strike at you, but they're not—they're not waiting at the tub running out. Right. Whereas, like those those Maclots, you open up that tub, their faces are sitting there. You Fire be pythons. be ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're—I mean, carbon pythons, once they get going, or those maclots, they're just sitting at the thing waiting. Whereas those other guys are kind of like, ah, eh, you're gonna come bother me? If you bother me, then I'll eat. So. Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing with angolans
1: is everybody thinks they're like ball pythons and. They're so not.
4: <laughs> yeah, and and like holding them is nothing. Different. Like I mean, and I'm kind of surprised that Owen, you don't like them because of the feel, like because they're rough, scalish
2: Hey, you know, hey not do safe. not
4: compare them to <laughs> you know my my babies. Don't know. So <laughs> yeah. and 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 I'd say those animals are on my list too. I don't have them, but those are on my list of things to get as well. But um they definitely have a lot of. There's a lot of texture to them. There's a lot of difference. They're they're more cylindrical. Like, their body is kind of weird.
0: Eric, you know,
2: just... Eric might tempt me if he ever produces and then allows himself to sell some Angolan pythons. But until then, uh, they fall in the classification of, I don't have to get them. Eric has them. So, you know. <laughs>
4: yeah, and, and I say with them, like, the babies are like velvet black, too. Like the, mm. it's, yeah. it's kind of a shame they don't look like that as they get bigger. I mean, I like the way they look as they get bigger. Don't get me wrong. I really like, like, that kind of rusty color but like man they're babies man they're like velvet black just beautiful yeah beautiful they
1: are really sharp
4: very contrasty uh, okay yeah, super super neat snakes not it's one of those things that for as long as they've been around they should be more they should be more popular and then it could just be that you know people made the angry ball with them or whatever the heck they've done or whatever the heck they've done with those <laughs> That was whatever it. They've done, <laughs> whatever <laughs> they've made you know, they, they, they definitely should should be okay on their own for for the majority of people. And I think people would like them a lot, too, if they gave them a chance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, even when I wasn't necessarily into ball pythons, they still caught my eye. I just thought that they were cool, you know? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Very cool. So you don't have any of them available? This year? No, no, <laughs> no. I, won't, I, I won't have any of those available. Eric's yeah. roundabout way of asking if he could
2: get
0: some. No, I just <laughs> want to make sure so that you people won't be having those. <laughs> so, <yeah.
1: laughs> well, for the right price, anything is available. I mean, that is true. <laughs> yeah,
2: not those, uh, unfortunately. If, we, but, if, we, if yeah. we get Dennis drunk enough, I bet you we could buy some Mangolans from him. So nah. yeah, no,
4: nah, that's cool. I
1: got, I got a pair. <laughs> I I'm I cool
4: don't. for now. I'd have to find a new job if I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. That's awesome. Um, So I wanted wanted to touch on one thing, too. We were talking about the Daytona thing. So I just was thinking about In my head, I was thinking about that. So I think one of the things is everybody, and if you go to Daytona, if you've been there in the last 10, 15 years, it's definitely a different show. Like, it's not as busy. It's not as packed. It's not as whatever. But I think a lot of that is because everybody says it's not as busy. It's not as packed. It's not whatever else. And so I was like, if you go down there, like, the, the variety of turtles and tortoises and frogs and things like that is much – like, if you go to Timley, like, it's it's what Daytona kind of was. But it also doesn't – it doesn't have a lot of those things because that Florida breeder circle kind of brings something different than the Chicago breeder circle does, you know. And granted, mm-hmm. people come from far and wide to both of those things. Right. So I was like, I think, you know, Keith was talking about that in one of the things, saying, you know, I think if if more people were, like, it would be – because destination-wise, like, there's more nightlife. There's more there's more things to do. And it has the potential to be what it was, I think. I get I mean, just – I'm telling you, as far as, like, sales go, it was fantastic. It's just, for whatever reason, Sunday was slow, but the Saturday made up for it. And so I kind of wonder if it's just because everybody's like, oh, it's kind of lost it. We should move on to this thing. I think it could take a little bit of a push and probably get back to where – I don't know if it will ever get back to where it was, but I think it could would gain it a little bit of a, Yeah, to get a little bit of momentum because who doesn't want to go hang out on the beach? You know, we've done many a thing where I'm saying my buddy Chad and myself will get a cabana and we'll have parties till 2 or 3 in the morning every night outside. You know, we're just – and it's like everybody that walks by ends up kind of humming and hanging out. It's just a – it's a great place to go hang out and and do stuff. And I just have so many – you know, you have the Tom Kyogans, you have the Matt Jablonskis, you have a lot of those people that have been around forever that breed blackheads and breed all kinds of different stuff that, you know – there's a lot down there that you that you don't always get to see everywhere else. I think it just has taken a little bit of a turn differently, and I think it, it definitely has changed. You know, Wayne runs it a lot differently than than you know the guys that do NRA than Brian and them. So it is different, definitely different, but I think it has the ability to go back to at least somewhat what it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It's definitely worth the trip. That's what I would say. For me, it's like if I had to choose, I would actually do Daytona over Tenley, personally. Well, I'm going to but try I've to make done, Daytona next year, so. But I've always done better financially at Daytona. I've only been to Tenley three times, I think. I think three times. But, like, I've always done better sales-wise in Daytona. And I don't know if that's because I've gone for so long or what it is. But so, for me, it's been a better financial show to go to. Plus, I just like the fact that you're in Florida. You know, it's like it's kind of tough. To well, and here's the question: a I've been there. I've been there for a hurricane, and that sucks. Yeah, sure. that sucks.
1: How difficult is it to bring your animals? I mean, because that's the only thing that kept me away from Daytona. They say it's pretty
4: difficult. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the ass. I'd say it's a pain in the ass, but it's not that difficult. So all you do is like Wayne gives you a packet, and you fill out a thing, and it tells you you have to pay fifty dollars. You have to basically write down like your GPS coordinates of your house, like if you have a, where your vet is, your address, and then a listing of the animals you're going to bring. You send mm-hmm. that in. In about two months, they send you back a permit. And now he's got it really easy. When you go down there, there's an Excel spreadsheet. You write down all the animals you have, mm-hmm. and you make a copy of that and the permit. You give it to him when you get your badges, and then you go into the show. And it used to be they'd come around to your table and like check, and like do that stuff. Now they don't do that anymore. They, nobody even came. last two years, nobody's even come and looked at my permit. So you just turned wow. it in. I think they, they're they walking around. Right. So, I mean, you definitely need to make sure you have your permit. You need to do it like, I have no desire right. to get in diligence. trouble, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. I would say this past year, I actually didn't get my permit in time going down there. So I mm-hmm. called them and was like, I don't have a permit, and I'm going to the show. So they emailed me a copy of it. I went to the Hilton. They let me print it out. They print it out, like, on their computer on their oh, computer nice. behind the desk. And then I frickin' turned it in, and then I'm good. So it's a hassle because you have to pay 50 bucks and you do it, but it's really not that hard. It's more mm-hmm. the idea of it that's a pain. And if you're doing something wrong, then I could see how it could be a pain. And you can't break right. scrub pythons. So right if you're making – but, I mean, who's making scrub pythons? You know I mean? Right. It's Two not people. me at this point. Time. Yeah, yeah. So I – mean, You know, it's not that it's not that hard. It's just more of a, I think, a hassle because it's different. But it's like as long as if you have fifty bucks and you do it in April, then it's no big deal, right? Like I wouldn't say like this year I turned it in in June. Not the best idea. It's not going to get back to you by the middle of April, August. (laughs) They're just not that fast. Right. But they can email it to you. So, you know, they said they don't like to do that, but they worked with me and they took care of me, and I was like. You know, I called them was like, I'm not looking to get in trouble, I want to do everything by the book. You have my listing, whatever else I need to do and they're like, Oh well, we'll take care of you, here you go. Wow. So so I can't okay, say so it was bad.
1: It's not as bad as what everybody makes it out of says, yeah.
4: No, I think it's just I think it's just different, and so people are like, Oh crap. And I think mm-hmm. it makes you like I would definitely say it'll make you go, Oh crap, I better do this. But it's mm-hmm. not that hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you go down yeah. there, like there's people like, especially if you guys had a lot of carpet pythons and go down there. Like, there's a couple people down there that have stuff. But I'd say it's been, well, I don't want to, Don't you better not go down there and blow my jungle market. But, like, you know, you go, down, you go down there, it's good because, like, there's not a whole lot of stuff down there. You know, you've got two or three people because there's a lot of ball pythons and a lot of turtles and tortoises and a lot of cyclera right. and, like, iguanas and stuff like that. And so, you know, if you come down there with carpet pythons, you're dealing, your competition is probably, like, two or three other guys. You know, and right. so you're just looking at different stuff. It's not, you know, it makes it so. You have the ability to do pretty well, at least hmm. I have.
0: Hmm.
2: Are we thinking of an NPR trip, Eric? Because you keep doing the hmm thing. And when you I, do I, that, I, you're usually thinking of things.
1: I, I'm with what Dennis, I want to tell man, you, Here's the thing. Like, you're going to go, go away on a trip for a weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we go to Chicago. Which yes. I'm not. I'm not... Uh, anti-Chicago or Tinley well, Park. We've never actually whatever. been in
2: Chicago. I mean, we've been, in the, but, we've been outside of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, basically, you're at the hotel, right? Yes. I, I don't know. I'm I'm more of a... I'm more of, a, like, I don't necessarily like to sit out on the beach, but I love the feel of the shore. Yeah. You know, Murder. like the so the cool ocean. The beach and I don't get along. But go on. So. But it's just a different it's just a different atmosphere. It's, it's, you feel right. like you're on vacation, you know? Right. Yeah.
4: And you're going to, and so you also like, you got, like, if you go to Tinley, you're at the bananas, you know, you're, or you might yeah. go over to Buffalo Wild Wings or you might go, whereas this, yeah. like, there's a whole bunch of cheesy stuff around, but you're, you're going to walk out, you're going to go to different places. You're going to go, you know, there's like a Joe's crab shack out on a pier. There's Bubble gumps, There's, oh, there's a, whole, there's a yeah. wing house. You know, you can, there's just stuff. There's, there's a lot more options. Yeah. And so, and I don't know, that might not be good for your diet. Are you guys still doing the diet thing? Yeah, but yeah. we we'll just
2: run a lot on the beach or starve ourselves. Okay, well, then it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, there's, there's options, uh, Dennis. There's options.
4: Yeah. Uh, okay, I was going to say, because it might be, it might suck for that, because cause uh, I don't know that there's a healthy option around. But well, there's we'll go,
2: we'll go with KJ into the woods and look for copper uh, or whatever the hell he's looking for recently, you know, yeah. the day before we eat like hogs. So, yeah, we, you balance. It's fine.
4: Yeah, it's just a weekend. Take a weekend off. You could have some yeah. time. wait. You think you I'm going to be I...
2: paying attention at Tinley Park? Hell, no. We got some Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings and shit. I'm be drinking like crazy. Diet yeah. is going to pause for a weekend.
4: So. Yeah, and so I would, you know, I would say there's definitely, and I hate, and I don't want to tell you to go down there and then you go, oh crap, I didn't sell anything. But you know, I think the the <laughs> the possibilities are are good down there, and you know. Well, as long as you don't, as long as you have a day like Saturday was. I mean, Saturday, like <clears throat> part of Saturday, not all of it, but there was a part of Saturday that was as busy as it gets, you know. And the, uh, the aisles are a lot wider now because there's not as many tables, but still, like it was pretty damn busy for a couple hours, you know. <clears throat> so you have the same chance of doing well if you if you get in there. Well, maybe maybe we'll shoot for next year. We'll
2: do a split NPR table down there.
4: And I yeah. know Keith came down and he came down and he liked it and he was like, well, he I don't know. We talked to him for a while. So it was good. It was, it was a much different trip for me, but it, I, I'm not going to, it was no complaints because it was nice to take my wife and daughter down there and actually get Brian. to introduce them to all my friends that have been around. And we went and did m- more stuff than I thought we were going to get to do. So I was super happy with how it turned out and super happy with how it turned out financially. And if you have time, we went to St. Augustine alligator farm, which is like an hour yes. away from there. That's and they have bad. every species of crocodilian.
2: I'd make for no that. Uh, oh, dear God! You yes. Know,
4: we like to go down there and get there Thursday morning. So we have all Thursday to screw around yeah. and then have Friday to set up Saturday, Sunday, and then head out, you know, but you know, there's like, I don't know. I've, I always try to make sure there's something like we've gone to a couple of different zoos down there, which is kind of my thing, I guess. So, you know, there's always something to do. And I've also had it where you go down there and just drink all day Thursday. I've done that too. That's well, pretty then, yeah, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> mm.
0: all
2: right, Eric, we're gonna have to explore this because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind going down there.
1: Yeah, I could probably talk my wife, and uh, I'm sure Matt.
4: We could probably talk him to it. And... You always talk Matt I into things. Yeah. We'll just I talk, I talk him Matt it. into it. Yeah, See, I tried to get Matt to split a table with this one time, but he he was close. An, Dennis,
2: you didn't have us working. For <laughs> That's, <you>. true, okay? <laughs> That's Let true, us right? work with that You just sit back. We got this. Don't worry.
4: We'll so, okay, talk well, to. No, uh, take...
1: Yeah, we'll talk to him on the way out to Tinley. <laughs> That'll be the, the topic car. of conversation. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Buddy will probably throw in there too, even though he has no horse in this race. But why not?
1: Exactly. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So you're going to be at Tinley Park. Um, yes. How do people get in touch with you? Do you know where you're going to be at, or what? So I, don't the,
4: I don't know the table number, but I'm going with my friend Chad Hulker, and he has a table under I think Hulker's Herps. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So wherever that is, I think he said we're getting an end cap somewhere, like a two-table corner piece or whatever it is. Nice. Um, so. I don't know where that is, but I'm sure you can figure that out on the thing. Or if you want to contact me on Facebook, you can do that. Um, That's probably the easiest way because it comes right to my phone. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything fancy to to get in touch with me, so just look up my name and I'm I'm there. Okay.
2: Awesome. We'll catch you at Tinley. Is there anything you're – hoping to see it Tinley, anything you're kind of wanting to appear that you might want to try to skate off with and buy or
4: the things that and you're gonna hate one of these and you'll probably so in all honesty like the i hate for a bread life thing especially after listening to ralph's talk with you guys i talked because i've talked to nick about him actually after going to your house eric i contacted <laughs> nick like the next week asking him about <laughs> a red lie okay and then welcome, of course nick. i didn't have any money yeah, so then i didn't have any money so i was like i gotta figure something out but Right And then after the the Ralph thing, I was like, I was just looking at my options. so if I have a good show, that would definitely be something that I will look into and um you know, I have a a couple of ball pythons that I need to that I need to add just to make things that I am thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. so but that all depend. It all depends on I've got a couple of things I want to do like i I really want to add on to this room and make my snake room bigger. I don't know if right. I really need to make my snake room bigger. But if we can do some renovation stuff. So my goal is to do one house project and get one snake. As long as I can make enough money to do that. The
2: trade-off, yeah. My... Then you're good. One for yeah, me, one for one. you. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I wanted it to go. So if I can figure something out like that, then that'll work out. And you never know. Like, again, I didn't think about albino. I had let albino carpets go out of my mind completely, and then I saw those ones today, and I was like, Holy crap, they need to get back in there. So, if only we knew someone with albino carpets. Eric, do we know anybody with albino carpets? Oh,
1: man, I have he- – oh, well, I don't have any visuals, but I have head albino. Never mind, I know everything. Useless.
2: <laughs> Use- I, just, I was setting you up for a sale, and it's like it was a like catch <laughs> to the ball, and you dropped it. Yeah. Go sit
1: over there. God. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. They're going to make they're gonna make some high-contrast babies, that's for sure. Oh, so these are the yeah, citrus you know,
4: tiger heads. And yeah. I was looking at those, and I don't – that's another thing. I don't know that I looked at your citrus tigers while I was up there. I need to, I need to just come back and, like, look at that stuff. Because I was like, <laughs> that's way nicer than I thought it was going to be. Just looking at the babies, and I'm like, yeah. holy crap, I can't imagine what they look like as they get bigger. I don't know what's wrong yeah. with me. I should have spent – but I would say, like, <laughs> the M-Pen, for me, the M-Pen that you pulled out was probably one of the nicest <gasps> coastals I've seen. I, um, I really so. like that. Like, that's something I would really like to have, too. Uh, you have to get in line behind me.
2: That When you produces those, so I'm first – I'm tough. I'll push people out of the way. Uh-uh. Mine. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, hopefully she goes so that, this year. Yeah.
4: Because yeah. she, she was. She that snake is smoking.
1: I love yeah, her. That,
4: that snake is really nice.
1: Yeah.
4: So. One of my favorites. Yeah, uh, for sure. My problem is I want too much stuff. I look around and I'm like, it, what bro. can I get rid of to make space? And I'm like, I don't know what I can get rid of. I don't even know. I get rid of you babies and then I've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the That's space thing I, isn't my problem so much. It's the paying for rats. Like the, the rat thing uh, is a thing for me because cause my success com- depends solely on me having food. You know, I've right. I've noticed that whenever I slack on feeding, my success always goes down. You know, if, if I feed well, I breed well. And so, you know, I've tried to make it so like every so many grand, I buy $500 worth of rodents or whatever it is and like just try to make sure that I'm – kind of always staying ahead of the game if I can do it. And it, it definitely makes a difference. And I think right, like, yeah. I've got a collection of 50 ball pythons and I don't feed live. I only feed frozen, you know, and so my snakes eat, you know, I just, I do a thing with like, even for the ball pythons, I just saw the food out in here. I come back in later on at night and if they want to eat, they eat. And if they, if they don't, they don't, but then whenever they do, I just feed the crap out of them. And so it works. That makes it, so I breed, you know, 15 blood clutches of ball pythons without using live. And so, oh, wow. I like that. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah.
4: So that's just what's, what's worked for me. And, you know, sometimes you have to be a little patient and I might have to use uh-huh. hot water or do whatever else, but like I can get pretty much, I would say I fed off 45 rats the other night and I think I had one snake eat, you know, out of all of those oh. things. And so I was like, yeah. you know, so it's, Pretty you know, good odds. It, it seems yeah. it seems to work, you know. Yeah. I just, you know, I just, but I also just pay attention. Like right now, I'm looking around. If I see heads moving, then I'm like, I need, to, I know, I need to feed tomorrow night. You know, yeah. once if I look in here and nobody's moving, then I'm going to wait.
2: Everybody's you know. good. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not that hard. It's, you know, you just got to pay attention.
1: I remember uh, from the early reptile radio days, they would say all the time, "You got to feed to breed." That's it. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, that was the key to success. Yeah, so
4: it is. I mean, it is. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's the only key, but I'd say it definitely is. Like I can see a huge difference in the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's it's been the factor for me. If I I can do all the other things, but if I don't feed them, then they're not going. You know, I've got to make sure. And especially some things, like that Angolan was one of those things. And I'm guessing this olive, too. Like, they needed to have weight at that right time. It was just, right. if you didn't have it that right, like, it made all the difference in the world. Hmm. So I'm trying that cool. with these green tree pythons that are now looking. Okay, that's going to be my next. This Green tree python. Well, yeah, those are these scrub pythons. If I can do those this year, then I'm good to go. Right. <laughs> I can I I have two clutches this year, and those would be the only two, and I'd be good to go. You'd be happy. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're wishing you the best
1: of luck, man. I'm going to be uh, paying attention and see if you have luck with the uh, either one of them, actually. So, uh,
4: yeah. Well, well you'll cool. you'll know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you,
4: you'll know. Don't worry. Like, I won't Owen stay said. quiet. Yeah. So. yeah. Just like Owen said, you'll hear him. You'll hear me. Or you'll see. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that There'll be a flare going up or something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll know. It'll be the the birth announcements on Facebook. So, yeah, we're good. Awesome. All
1: right. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, Thanks, man, for coming on. Uh, Had a ton of info and uh, appreciate uh, sharing with us. We'll see you at Tinley Park. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely, man. Awesome. All right. Have a good night, man. Have a good night. You too. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Uh, you still there, Owen? Yeah, I'm right here. Oh, you're sounded, talking. I'm just it waiting. Sounded,
2: <laughs> it sounded. It sounded extra no, no, quiet. No, 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 no. I'm not doing this because you you get mad if I make noise, and now you're getting pissed off if I'm silent. Will you. I just get what mad. You
1: want? Will you I just out you what bang out you do <laughs> You bang on keys. That's the only thing I'm not you try to banging on keys. I'm not doing anything. I know.
0: Thing.
1: You're super quiet. I apologize. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> very All good. Along. All right, I'm going to give a quick rundown of some of the shows we got coming up, and uh, you know, so actually this show 9:26 was when I did the first official radio oh, Pike God. Show. Which was uh, horrible. But uh, (laughs) next week, uh, we are celebrating our sixth year uh, Uh, here at uh, Python Radio. Six uh, years going strong. uh, uh, We've seen them come. We've seen them go. uh, uh, And we're still standing. We're still freaking here. (laughs) All
0: right. Uh, So so we got that one.
1: We should right. have some uh, some cool clips to reflect upon that uh, oh, Rob man. is uh, lining <laughs> up uh, the goofy things that Owen and I have said through uh, through the years. Uh, so it should be funny. Um, and then uh, that's that's po- uh, pre Tinley, and then post Tinley. Obviously, it's going to be uh, probably me, Owen, uh, maybe Matt, you know, whoever. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about how Tinley went. Um. So that's cool. Uh, then after that, we have a Diamond Python Roundtable. Josh Easter has climbed out from under a rock, and uh, yeah. we're going to be joined by him and Greg Heim. We're going to be talking Diamond Python, so I'm pretty excited about that. we got Colin nice. Seffert uh, from Brew City Reptiles coming on, uh, Justin Julander with the Chondro Book, um, Casper! The Viking. (laughs) The Viking. The Viking. Yeah. He's gonna be talking about uh Bolins and Poplins and all the stuff that he's got going on. And then um let's see, who else do we have lined up? Um I just let me just verify if I got uh confirmation. Confirmation Um, from some of these, yeah. Um but uh we got Ryan Sullivan from the Ivory Connection. Uh, to come and talk uh, retics with us. Um, And somewhere in that area, we're going to do our breeding carpet pythons and python show that we do every year. Um, It seems that there's a post going on over on the carpet python discussions. It's talking about, uh, you know, it's like a breeding carpet python thread or whatever. Right. Obviously... I guess people don't realize that we have an archive and they can go oh, back God, <laughs> to the show. Six, so we'll just do a new years. one every oh, year. Archive.
2: Six <laughs> so, years. And you know what? I'm pretty sure we've covered how to breed carpet pythons more than once on of yeah. Python Radio. I'm pretty sure we have.
1: So I think what we're going to do in that episode is we're going to talk about what we do to breed carpets. But more importantly, I want to talk about how we're going to breed some of these et cetera species that Owen and I have and uh whatnot. So I like that. Yeah. And and then a couple more uh shows and then it's the holiday show and then we're done for the year. <laughs> Holy yeah. crap,
0: we're almost done with the season.
1: Yeah. So in, we get uh, a
2: sweet relief of two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> so some cool stuff lined up. Um and there you go. So uh, as far as us uh check out morelia python you can follow us on facebook on twitter um you know um you can see what we have going on as far as uh you know episodes and stuff on our facebook page we also have a group uh page where i'm posting pictures and whatnot through the show we also have the chat all those things going on um if you have any questions or comments, you can drop us an email at info at Morelli Python Radio. Um, you can listen to the show at any time, iTunes, Stitcher, any podcast app that you use. Um, and we have the 2018 Morelia Python Radio calendars. Uh, so if you're interested in one, get in touch with me and I will hook it up. I will have them available at Tinley Park. Uh, so if you're coming out there, stop by the table, chat some carpet with me carpets with us and then <laughs> uh pick up a calendar it'll be cool so if you if any of the winners are going to be out at tinley park which i think i have a pretty good idea who's going to be there uh i'll be bringing your calendar out for you there um let's see as far as myself ebmorelia.com uh eric at ebmorelia is my email you can check me out on facebook twitter and on instagram Um, I'm going to be at Tinley park. I have put uh, (laughs) multiple. uh, Thank God you cleared that up. Um, go on. People could get confused. All right. Uh, I have multiple things that are for sale. Most of it is all head albino stuff. I got some real nice Jag jungle Jags, head albino, citrus tigers, head albino, all kinds of stuff. I'm thinking I'm probably going to bring my citrus tiger female, my prize girl. I just, I just think it'll be uh, much better for people to see what those citrus sure tigers will. turn into um, yeah. because she's an amazing snake. So uh, I'm probably going to bring, bring in her. Uh, so stop on by the table. I, I think, I think I'm going to bring a stonewashed brittle too. Uh,
0: I think that's what I'm
1: going to do. going to be your boy? Is it going to be your boy? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Whichever looks better.
2: Um, I'm just, just ask him because if he goes missing you should look anywhere else but Owen.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh so yeah, I mean if you're uh want to talk carpets, if you have questions about carpets, we'll be at carpet row. Uh so you can yeah. stop on by and uh chat with us and we'll be more than happy to uh to talk carpet pythons or any pythons for that matter. Uh Owen he'll he'll cover the BOA side of it and I got the Python you side of it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, check out reptilinks, com uh, for, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, different things that they got going on, um, as far as, uh, feeding. Uh, I just, uh, I just bought, um, some quail and I bought some African soft furs, um, wow. from those guys. Um, just looking for something different, something to, yeah. uh, to feed that's different. And, um. You know, sometimes for those picky feeders, uh, those things work. Uh, I got those for for the uh, the Macklot, the
0: quail. Ah,
1: uh-huh. so okay. That's all I got.
2: Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Check out all of the babies and animals we have up there. Uh, I'm working on the breeding journal for this coming 2018 season. Those pairs are set. I'm just waiting on getting pictures and posting them up but they will be posted up probably after we get back from Tinley Park Uh, we will be at Tinley Park with a bunch of stuff I'm bringing all my guys which is caramels, caramel jags pot super caramels as well as uh, some reds uh, red jags, red tigers and some tri-stripes as well as I'm bringing a few other things uh, that Amanda's going to give to me so I'll be having a lot I'm also going to have a few adult animals for sale too so come check it out uh we'll be there i'm also going to have rug Pal t-shirts so you guys can get those there too uh yeah so we hope to see everybody there hope to see everybody at the show hang out and of course uh, after the show we'll probably be bouncing around with food and drink and all that fun stuff so we'd love to have you guys come out and hang out with us there too uh so yeah that's all i got that's all we have so what we'll say is Good night, thanks you all. thanks everybody for listening we're going to catch you all back here next week for some more Morelli Python radio.
0: Good night.